Hey, Street Fighters. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening, watching, whatever it may be. We're always happy to do this. We just came back from a wonderful, incomparable variety show on Friday, which we'll talk about a little bit here. But we're also back in the studio, back to work, making sure that you have your podcast, making sure that y'all can get your call-ins. We are going to be here for the next three hours. We do it every single Sunday night. That's the Street Fight time, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. 614-655-3887 is the number to dial. You can talk to us. You can tell us what's going on at your job, what the gig economy is doing. What the motherfucking military recruiter at your high school was like. We love to hear all your stories. We've been doing it for quite a while now. And it's all y'all that keep us going. You know, we want uh, this to be a gigantic mobilization of lots of people. We don't intend to leave any lead anybody because we don't know shit. So as long as all of us can fuck everything up together, I think we'll be all right. Uh... For those of you that are watching on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or Twitter, how's it going? There's a peace sign that's exclusive video content. Um, You can also subscribe to the podcast. And if you want more of what we do, head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Street Fight Radio. Over there, you can get access to bonus video, bonus audio, and bonus zines all kinds of fun things uh thanks for being here for those of you that don't know who we are my name is brett payne my co-host is brian quinby we're street fight radio the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation ain't that right that's right baby ain't that it well we got a couple things right off the top of the show here so uh the variety show is not over there will be another one wow yeah Already, yeah, yeah, you're jumping ahead. Already, we did have we had a variety show on Friday. We had the Trillbilly show up. We had Garbage Brain University. We had Icy Jake all do performances. The Howling Commandos was our backing band, and it was a fucking fun party. I gotta say, is like the show might have been the show was all right in my opinion, but like (laughs) the party was jumping. Like everybody was getting live. It was an incredibly good time, and everybody, uh, we had a lot of listeners there, and uh, we want to drag it on into next month. So on uh, January 24th, 2020, first show of 2020, right? Street Fight host, the incomparable Street Fight variety show with special guests, District Sentinel Radio, Sam Knight and Sam Sachs, and of course... Jake Flores from Pod Damn America. Yeah. That's who we're bringing. We're bringing the big guns in. Yeah, the the best guy in Brooklyn, Jake Flores. He is. He's <laughs> the number one best guy. Uh, <laughs> the purest of heart in Brooklyn. Yeah, so they're going to be here. Tickets will be on sale very soon. And then just as like, a, uh, just because they've been sweet to us and we've been able to, uh, we have new material that we have to do on January 25th. Me and Brett will be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania where uh, you can get tickets at, Oh man, I should have had this in front of me. Cause I was are like really kicking ass. Yeah. I didn't know they were out. Yeah, there. there are tickets out there. They're, 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 they're doing, doing them for us. Harrisburg, at, Pennsylvania. At uh, never this, been. the show is at Der Harrisburg Manor Corps. 
It's $10, and the uh, link to the tickets is tinyurl.com slash UKSH9FN. Okay. I mean, we'll get it out there in a real place with a with a better name, but if you want to order them right now. What was it one more time? tinyurl.com slash UKSH9FN. Yes. UK we'll get you a link on our website. Very soon. Yeah, we'll spread but, the word. But yeah, come see us in Harrisburg. Yeah, Harrisburg people. Come see the Street Fight Boys. We're going to, we'll probably, we, we might have some guests with us and uh, we're going to have a good time out there. And then, and as always, Columbus, Ohio, variety show is happening again one month from now. January 24th, baby. It's going to be, it's going to be live. It was this time and it will be again. Uh, so that is a lot of the stuff. We're going to do the last two teen fight radios at right here at the beginning of January. And then, um, you will get an episode of Shocktober and then, uh, the, uh, kid rock American podcasts kicks off four episodes about kid rock, uh, with guests like Chris Wade from Chapo, Matt Chrisman, Kitty Stryker, and, um, Tom Sexton. So All right. that's a good crew right yeah, there, that's a great you crew. know, uh, also a brace and Brian show coming soon because we just want to do one, but, uh, that's it. That's all the announcements I have to make now. Uh, the variety show kicked ass. It was very, it was a lot fun. of fun. It was cool. Uh, I got to do some sassafras. Actually, I kind of, I'm sorry to call you out, but a lot of times when I get off the stage, someone was like, I had a whole bunch of drugs, but we did them all right before you got off the stage. <laughs> So I did get to suck the inside of someone's bag of sassafras, and it was a good time. I loved it. I do appreciate that. You know, thanks uh, for showing up and sharing. So uh, here's something I did today. Let me just let you in on this. And I don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen during this show. I get hungry during the call-in show. Okay. Right? I'm just like, oh, God, I'm fucking starving. So I went to the store. I've been making these plans, right? Like, I'm going to start drinking kombucha. I'm, like, working on it, okay? Like, it, I'm readying my brain for it Why? more than anything. Like, I see it at the store, and I, a few times this week, I've had it in my hand and then put it back. You need digestive stuff? Put, well, I, my wife tells me it's good for that. It gets, yeah. the, the, it gets, like, it makes it so the stuff comes in and goes, like, right out. It's it, very easy. It boils, it boils the shit before it makes the fatty. <laughs> right, right. So, like, I was like, uh, I'm going to try. And everybody says it's healthy, right? Like, yeah, it's a good, it's healthy they, thing to say, have. See, but you're just falling victim to advertising. I mean, it feels like a fad type thing. Like it just, all my it, friends do it. All my cool friends do it. I mean, I do. You do I, it. I my wife does it. I don't like it's. This is like uh, when somebody you know that like believes in God says they're going to be atheist. It's like, oh, why'd you give up on that? It's like, <laughs> why are you switching over now? You didn't believe in the bullshit of kombucha for so long. Like, why are you get jumping on the train this at this point? Well, here's the deal about what I think about the bullshit. It of stirs kombucha. your guts up. It does like do it the right way. And let me explain. I never saw kombucha as bullshit. I saw it as fermented, and I don't like anything that's fermented. Vinegary. It's just, and, and you know what? I'll put vinegar on my French fries if I feel like it every now and then. It's not as a little treat for myself. But no, I don't like beer. And every time I've ever even sipped a kombucha, I've felt beer in my mouth. Really? Yeah. It feels like beer to me. I feel like I'm drinking alcohol. You know, um... 
Do you know the Brittany Broski, the vine of trying kombucha? No, no. Every time I get it, I play that for Erica and we like have the best time laughing at it. <laughs> Does Where, she like Ralph or anything? She's, she says it smells. She's like, it smells like a public restroom. Yeah. And then she starts nervously laughing and then she drinks it and she's like, Ugh. and then she's like, well, no. <laughs> well, well for the people a, listening, I got a, a range of emotions. It's one of my favorite vines. I got a smoobucha. Or TikTok, whatever it is. I like kombucha. I like smoothies. Smoobucha? That's not a real thing. Right. This is the first step. You're a marketing. You're just a mark, dude. No, this is the first step of kombucha for me. The new kombucha guy. The booch. (laughs) I'm the booch, man. I mean, when we were in L.A., Every store had like a huge kombucha Austin, section. Austin had it on tap everywhere we went. Yeah. So I kind of felt like all the fucking cool people it's are hot, doing kombucha. Hot, hot weather. Yeah. So I'm going to do a smoobucha first. <laughs> oh my God. And if I can handle the smoobucha, I'm going to get myself a bottle of kombucha. You know? Yeah. But so sometime in this show, I'm going to open this because I'm hungry. Okay. And I'm going to drink it. And uh, I will let everybody know. It says pasteurized kombucha. Is that a problem? I don't think so. Pasteurized. I mean, you probably want the raw stuff. I mean, that's really going to challenge your immune system the best. (laughs) That's going to put the best stress on your biological system, right? What happened was... You want to, like, get through... You want to survive something. Well, what happened was my buddy John, uh, who hosts the POD cast with me, he made his own kombucha recently said it tastes like garbage but he said that the actual drink is really good and really good for you and i was kind of like okay so brett drinks kombucha john drinks kombucha katie drinks kombucha who's the missing link in this whole thing me yeah everybody else seems happier than me so yeah, I'm gonna we drink go to the, the kombucha. <laughs> yeah, my restroom situation is way better than mine. Just way better than mine. I mean, it's I've a never... trial. Yeah, you know, for me, it's just pain all the time. It's just like you know, uh, one time on Howard Stern when I was listening to it when I was real young, uh, when I was in my twenties, late twenties, uh, he asked Artie Lang like how he feels all the time, and he said like. I always feel like I have a a crap in my stomach that won't come out. And that like stuck with me more than anything ever in my life because like I do. I always feel like I'm like one fart away or one poop away from being totally comfortable. You know? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Just being, I've thought about getting enemas recently, like colonics. <laughs> really? I've considered it because it's like, man, you imagine how comfortable I'd be? You know? think so? I do. I do. Okay. It's been in my mind. I, like, well, I'm I mean, a more is, progressive guy than I used to be. We have a lot of 22-year-olds listening to the show that don't know what it's like to be 40. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that beef backs up. It does. It does. The Italian meats yeah, make it difficult. Hang around. Yeah, they hang yeah. around for a long time. Queso makes it hard to make the things go. That's like a little thing I came up with like oh, sure. just right off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. It's been a, uh, I guess like uh, the other news that I saw other than me drinking kombucha was uh, 
The first Trump rally of 2020? Ohio. Really? He's going to be here. Where at? I don't know. Let's look that up. I It just said, so I, the way I get roughly all my local news, right, is I take a walk every day <laughs> and on High Street and Broad Street, <laughs> there's a scroll <laughs> that has like six news headlines on it. And then I read those and I'm like, well, that's obviously the most important stuff that's happening that's in Columbus. Going to move on now. I mean, you know? People on the bus are reading it over and over. Yeah. Yeah. They should have more stories, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to get his Ohio date. Should we go to his Ohio date and like be outside, not in? I don't support Trump. That's like a little thing it's a little about me. Well, it's just the thing about me. I think he's bad. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I January mean- 9th, 7 p.m. in Toledo. We could probably get there. Yeah. I hate to say it out loud. I regret saying it out loud. You do. <laughs> Maybe we can try to be there. Let's look here. Let's look That's at a what, field trip, though. That is a the, Toledo's far away. People think Ohio's a very small town. It's a Thursday. So great band. Um, well, yeah, if it was Thursday, well, I'd have no problem. Yeah, I would go drive there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it's Trump. And all Thursday. it means is we're going to drive to Toledo and stand outside with Antifa and have people get mad at us, which yeah. I enjoy. I yeah, mean, that's I do. something I like. I've heard, I've also heard that they edit too much out of his like ramblings. I kind of want to get the unfiltered ramblings. Right. You know, what he's been doing lately, which we, we haven't talked about him much lately, but like his big new thing now, his big push is he's trying to deregulate the EPA, right? Which that's, you know, guys like him love to do that stuff and, and they hate the EPA. It's He's a businessman and businessmen hate the EPA. Right. I think it's just like the worst thing in the world. And uh, one of the things he's doing is he's running around the country and he's telling people how mad he is that we have low flow toilets and that you have to flush them 10 times to get your yeah. doo-doo down. So it's like, okay, here's the first part of that to me is like, I mean, that's something me and Trump have in common. You know, lots of flushes. (laughs) But the thing about it is, and and if it's me, then you got to imagine there's a bunch of guys in his audience that are way worse off than I am. Yeah. yeah, In the guts department. You're doing, yeah. You know what I mean? You're willing to try kombucha. I know. (laughs) If it was a scale of one to ten, there's a lot of ones in the Trump audience. I'm like a six because I want to be better. You know? And uh, so... What he does when he gives the speech, though, is he's like, you got to flush the thing 10 times. You know, they can't handle us. Well, you, I don't have to flush 10 times. It can't handle you people out there. It's like, God damn, Trump. You're just telling your fans they take huge duties. I personally don't take huge duties, even though I eat a bucket of fried chicken for dinner every night. Yeah, I mean, maybe it does get us closer to like taking over the reins of power. Like if we can, I mean, because in the realm of like having engaging, engaging conversation about your bathroom circumstances, like we could beat him. Like we're comedians. Like we know (laughs) shit and dick stuff way better than he does. (laughs) And if that's all people want to hear, I can captivate them. Trump on a scale of, uh, okay. So how often I'm going to ask you this and it's going to be gross, but whatever. How often do you think Trump takes a shit in seven days? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my guess four times. 
Four. Okay. Four. That's a, you, you should do uh, the spread on fucking gambling. Because I can't beat four. That was like 1.5 days. Like, that's perfect. That's perfect. Four. Sometimes six. Like, But then he thinks he's six. You know what I mean? I also learned another weird thing about him this week. Like, people talk about how he eats McDonald's all the time, right? And, like, I thought it was because, and this is me being a snob. Like, his palate's not refined. Like, just he's never been forced to eat anything. So, he just eats steak and McDonald's and KFC all the time. And uh, I was in a chat, and I was talking to some people. And uh, Matt Chrisman was in there and he actually explains that Donald Trump doesn't eat McDonald's because he likes the taste of it. He eats it because he feels it's the most sanitary way to eat. It's like safe, you know, they can't like they don't adulterate it or mess with it. And it's always the same every time. And yeah, they won't poison him. It's the reason why everybody likes it. <laughs> well. I mean, he's, he's drawn. He has the same disease that we all have. <laughs> I I guess, man. But like, so many people I know were able to kind of shake that off by the time they were like, I don't know, twenty five, thirty years old. Like most of the people I know were able to shake off. Until like you have kids, man. That's true. You do end up eating it every day or a lot. <laughs> yes, and yeah, be honest, every day. Yeah, my kid is like, "Hey, they have hash browns at the McDonald's. They're only eighty nine fucking cents. You want to go get one?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. For sure, I do." <laughs> yeah, kids, kids are monsters because it's like you can't avoid fast food with them. You yeah. can't be like these kids will never taste fast food because I think what happens in the end because this is my parents. They were okay with us eating fast food, right? But we only had McDonald's every two weeks about, right, Jason? You would say, like, we would have it one, we would have something once a week from a restaurant. 90% of the time we were having pizza. And then, like, 10% of the times it would be like a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, a Burger King. So when I turned 16 years old and I got a job, that began me eating fast food. Every single day for dinner until I was 32. I think like, I ate it. I had like a, a, almost like a calendar in a way. Like some people have like a recipe book. I was like, well, Tuesdays are for Arby's. Wednesdays are for Dairy Queen. Uh, Thursdays, a junior bacon cheeseburger. Saturdays, also a junior bacon cheese. The Wendy's. I do Wendy's twice because it felt like the more healthy of all of them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, no, I mean, we all rely on it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, a, it's, it humanizes the guy, to be honest. In a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to the Howard Stern Hillary interview and it sort of humanized her too. But then when I moved back away from it during the interview, I was like, ah, oh, she's just a normal person. And I was like, she planned all that shit. She's not a normal person. She's still a robot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, 2020, Brett, it's going to be a wild year. I think, I yeah. think, uh, we got an election coming up. We got, uh, we got a primary coming up that is going to be brutal. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, I mean people are already going nuts on it. I mean, it, yeah, it's going to be harder. It's just going to be a lot tougher. There's a lot of things in play right now that are just, uh, I mean, 
out of our control, but like the economy and the election and where that heads is uh, just going to, we're going to level up. I feel like we've gotten used to the bullshit. Just wait until the new bullshit comes out. That's the thing. That's actually the funny thing about it, right? Is like, so we did 2016. We were around for that. Yeah. Yeah. We've made it through. We did 2012 too, but 2016, I think is the first election we covered. I mean, we covered 2012, but we weren't like really good at what we did. Well, we were good, you know, but you know what I'm saying? We we covered 2016 and we're astoundingly wrong a million times. We're, right. But by like this point in that election, we were saying, isn't it funny that Donald Trump's in the election? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. oh, he's really it owning seems like them. a farce. He, he's really making fun. of. He's really making Ted Cruz look like a dipshit, you know? Yeah. And uh, but then we got to the thing where it was like. The monolith of Hillary Clinton seemed destined to win. You know what? I did see um, I was speaking to that. Bernie Sanders today announced that he wasn't going to support the other person because he got rigged last time. Did you see that? No, I'm looking that up right now. What do you think about that? That was that's all I want to hear is real talk. As yeah. long as, like, you know, I uh, people ask him if I'm pessimistic about Bernie and I always am. Uh, but like to see at least at least if I know he's saying out loud what's going on, like I'm completely OK with it. And he did get like completely uh, railroaded last time. And now he's saying that he's not going to support whoever it is. Uh, he's just going to, you know, bow out if he's not the one, you know. I mean, that's how I would be, too. I mean, and honestly- I think 2020, I mean, it's, uh you know, 2016 is a lot. And I think, you know. You have to say at the beginning of 2016, it was like everybody thought that the the rise of the Third Reich was here again and people were treating it like Nazis were everywhere. And I know there's a lot of important, very serious stuff going on, but it also tended to be now it's just real life. You know, people are just treating it like it's an everyday thing. The the protests died down. The mass movements died down. There's a lot of people that have been activated. I'm very inspired by, of course. But I don't know, like going into 2020, um, what if another Donald Trump win? I mean, I hope that's enough to break everything apart. I don't know what else would be. You I know? mean, it seems like a thing. The thing, the thing about this primary to me is Wine Cave Pete has no chance, which is, you know, but we know he doesn't have a chance. But they're going to keep pushing him, right? Sure. And uh, Klobuchar doesn't have. A chance in hell. She the the media is a hundred percent behind her, right? Like they 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 uh they keep talking about how you know watch out for her. She might come from behind, <laughs> have a big moment, which is basically the media saying, "Please come from behind." So when you start looking at who are who the two people really are, this is what the battle is that we're gonna watch. And if we have to choose a side between Republicans and Democrats, we. We have to tentatively look at the Democrats as like they are the ones like I don't think they're on our side, right? Like I don't think they're leftist. I don't think they're on the left. I think that they're like the ones that purport to have the values of the left, right? Well, so it's, all it's like the, it's all that's like a, available. I mean, it's all that's available yes. right now. They're the only challenging party, but they're also losers. They're yeah. just like incredible losers that don't want to do anything right. They want to manage their way out of a win. They're not they don't know how to like actually get things done. Right. So then you look at it, you got Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders is what we're looking at. And to me, it's like, once the arguments come out, you would think that the one argument we're going to hear 
is about how Bernie Sanders is old. But if he's up against Joe Biden, yeah, like what does that even mean? Right. You it, know, it doesn't matter. It's like this is where we're at. You pick where it's old guys. <laughs> yeah. We're Unfortunately, going with old guys. You've narrowed it down to two old guys. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't want old guys, there were yeah, plenty sh- of non-olds. Should have thought about old guys. <laughs> Not getting old guys earlier. Well, it, we got one old guy. Yeah. And uh and yeah. and look, I I am not going to be a dude that says like Bernie Sanders is like a compromised candidate to me. There is so much stuff that I don't like that he's done. The the Sesta Fosta stuff is terrible. I hate it. But like if he can win, he feels as though he can be pushed to do the things we need to, that we would like to have. We need done. to normalize people coming out in the open and saying we need to take care of each other and saying I'm tired of doing this health care the way it's been doing because everybody in my family's driving me crazy with it. You know, <laughs> I mean, we 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 need to have more folks that are uh, having these conversations. The stuff that he talks about and what people will never those people that that. Uh, those people don't understand when uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comes out to support him is just that this is based on a value. This isn't based on like winning politics. This is about taking care of people because that's the best possible solution. Right. That's the end. That's right. That's That's why people respect the guy. That's what it comes down to. It's because he's a grump and he will say, he will give you a reason. Like, I think, I think also in the end, it's like, he seems to be the only guy that has figured out if you speak plainly about what you want to happen, then people understand what you want to happen, and then they're inspired by you. Yeah, and you I, know what I'm saying. Yeah, and and I, I mean, I'm, not, I mean, I do, I don't mean to do this like with any sort of like uh, credibility, but like the the feminist aspect of like Medicare for all and education and all of those services does does provide a lot of freedom to people because like relationships are the only way to get by in this fucking country, the way that it's set up. Like you got to be with a partner that has good insurance. Like if you want to make things work, you know, street fight doesn't happen without a bunch of people being able, like our wives have insurance and Jason has insurance through his job. And yeah. And it's like, Jake is on his his girl's insurance. And other things could there are things that like there are goals that we could achieve so much easier if people didn't have to depend on having full-time jobs. Yeah. If Katie didn't have to have a full-time job to have insurance, we could probably figure out how to replace her income, but it's impossible to replace her income and get a $1000 a month insurance on yeah. top of it. Yeah. It's impossible. And it's like it's like if 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 somebody goes on fucking TV, right? And they sit down and they say, "Listen. You know how you like always wanted to like try to be a freelance journalist or like you know how all you ever really cared about was if you could work at a record store <laughs> or like that was me, right? All these jobs that me and you have talked about in the past that were like, I would have taken that job in a second, you know? And maybe like you're you're you were fine. One of the best times of your life was when you were a dishwasher. Like you can do that again. Like you can have the freedom to bargain for your labor if your health insurance is taken yeah. care of. Yeah. And it like it gives us 
in the labor market, it gives workers a competitive advantage that we literally don't have. We're stuck because of health insurance. We're not stuck because of money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's 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 um, you know, it's bad. It's a bad fucking system. And there's I mean there's a there's only one person that speaks plainly about that stuff, you know. And student loan and debt forgiveness and free college, I mean, which I, they I, act I, like is also a thing that's like a fantasy and it's like it's not a fucking fantasy. But it's I, all I, just numbers. I also want to say like across the country that things that are never being reported on is that there are folks that are doing rent strikes there are people that are raising money for uh, LGBTQ wellness centers. There are people that are fucking changing their cities and we will never hear about it. And like that, the, the, your individual action, taking your one, one person and joining up with other people to affect change is what is going, is what makes things happen, you know? And like, that's the, that's the safety net that we have is the people that are willing to do the hard work to take care of things and, and fight for that stuff. But for right now, they're going to do the fucking election. Whether we, I don't want them to do the election. I'd rather them just stop doing the country. I'd rather them. <laughs> hey, can y'all just stop that. doing the country? Dude? Yeah, please. <laughs> it's annoying. This fucking country is annoying as fuck. Everybody I talk to is annoyed by one way this fucking country is run. Just get rid of it. Toss it out the fucking window. I agree, man. I agree. I'm annoyed by it. We talked about it in a live article, right? It's like our politics. He asked how our politics had kind of changed in the years that we've been doing this. And in 2011, and there are a lot of people that are very angry about this too. In 2011, me and Brett were pissed off, you know, and, and, and like we were broke and, and we said nothing good. We, we sort of felt like nothing good could happen with America still standing, which I, I feel paralyzed, at least me. I, I can't speak for Brett, but it sort of paralyzed me in that it's like there's no point in trying to make people's lives better until we take this government down. And we're not going to do that with a podcast. It's like not going to happen. No, I'm ready for it. And but then, I just don't see it. Yeah. As I got a little older, uh, I got a little more open to like listening to people like the DSA and stuff like that. And there is something to electoralism. It would be nice if it wasn't. It would like in a world where like we were working for like greater good things and getting them done and uh, not needing leaders. That would be fucking wonderful. But if we have the voting power to choose some of them not if we, it's not even if it's just that they're going to do it anyway yeah <laughs> like either we have to get a mass of people to literally stop them from doing the elections which is the preferable option otherwise like they're going to do it and people are going to compete in it and i definitely understand why people want to get involved um i we've done uh if you come hang out in columbus ohio every single wednesday at elevator brewing their tap room on fourth we go and watch wrestling and there's a few DSA, you know, old heads that hang out there and talking to them, they were saying just how frustrating it is with Columbus area because the way that our city council works, it's not like districts or wards or anything. You need like a huge group of people. It's like a group. It's like a group vote thing, like a ranked voting thing. It's not as simple as getting a few thousand of your neighbors to vote for you in your in your district. You have to get like all of Columbus to vote for you, and and it just is, it's just 
skewed in a way that the moneyed candidates and the old guard is the tea berries fucking get a hold of the it. old tea berry yeah pat fucking tea berry right shit yeah like that yeah i mean motherfucking yeah the same old shitheads get in charge i mean it wouldn't probably be the biggest waste of time for one of us to just try to run for city council and see what happened but i don't know how to get on the ballot you know yeah, like I mean, that's you can, another you know, you thing get about people that behind stuff. it. You just have to get like, I mean, you just you open up a business and you start raising money, and then you try to waste it as much as possible, like by hiring people to to get attention to you. I've had actually people on Twitter who are like actual political strategists say they would move to Columbus to help me run for mayor, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna win, and if I do, I'm gonna do a bad job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like you. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would definitely like raise the minimum wage, and I would definitely fire a bunch of cops. That's for sure, right? But people wouldn't like it. People hate it when you fire the cops, you know. Which to me is like, mm, I thought we were gonna just fire all of them. My mom uh, came to the sh- the variety show. Yeah, your mom showed up. Yeah, she loved me and Brett. Someone I- tweeted about her. She loved me and Brett. She just thought me and Brett were just so funny and so wonderful. And then uh, she loved the Trillbillies. And boy, did she love Garbage Brain University. But the uh, first thing she said to me was like, Jake is an angry young man. Oh, really? Oh, no. (laughs) That hip hop. That angry hip hop stuff. It's like, no, he's not. He's the same. That's what I told her. Like, he's. As hell. It's what I told Jake is an angry man. And I was angry like, well, man. mom, a governor, a government guy fucked his life. It was uh, how me and Brett get by. We don't talk about anything positive or yeah. nice. Well, I was actually, yeah, it's, it's weird you brought it. You mentioned this, but yeah, I was thinking about it earlier in a way. Like, I mean, a lot of the guys that are doing the rap did not do the dirt. They're just friends with the people that did all of the stuff that they're talking about. Yeah. And like, we have her in a similar way. Like, like I've partied hard in my life, but I definitely am not the one, the center point of all of these outrageous fucking things, you know, that we talk about, you know, like yeah. the, the, the point of view, you know, it's like, I, uh, you know, I'm a communicator. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's. I, I just that, try to relay. I just try to relay what it's like, you know, on this side. Yeah, I told her like, you know, me and Brett like incited treason. I danced on the flag too. Uh, you know, we yelled "fuck Don Imus," who died that day. Yeah. So like, I don't know how you think that we were these sweethearts that <laughs> weren't yeah, I angry. Beat up a dead man's skeleton. <laughs> I know. I know, but we're people just somehow look at us and they're like, "What a couple of sweetie pies!" Those nice guys. <laughs> it's like we're making fun of a fucking dead man on stage. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah. You ready to take uh, calls? Let's take some calls. This sounds fun. Let's see who's on the line. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's uh, anonymous. How's it going, Terry? What's up? Hey, uh, I just want to say I really like the uh, variety show. It was, it was awesome. Oh, Good. thank you. It yeah. Was- I didn't know. I really had no idea. Like, being on this side of it, I, I didn't know what to expect. But I was reviewing some of the footage, and it was like, it turned out awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a problem with my job. Uh, I just started with this new company, and I, 
I'm having problems with, I guess, the the owners and the coworkers because, you know, uh, I've started noticing that they're kind of, you know, preaching the whole 1776 thing and oh, no. saying how socialism, you know, doesn't work and mm. they're flat earthers and uh. they're already spouting like transphobic things around me. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at the research on the shape of the earth, I feel like there's a lot of things that are are unanswered, and there's really no... Just got rid of that. There's no intrinsic evidence of the shape of the earth. It's all based on hearsay that comes from the government. That's all comes from the same government that lies to us about everything else. Just got over people thinking we were flat earthers. Just got over it last year. Just ended. Uh, But uh, uh, what do they... I mean... What can I ask you? What kind of work it is? Uh, construction. Oh, yeah. I gotta tell you though, get I got along to get along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I hate to be a guy that says stuff like that, but like, I mean, I guess a union construction job. No, they're probably still a lot of seventeen seventy six people on those. I I gotta tell you, I, I never worked. The closest I ever worked with a person that had kind of our politics on a construction job right. was when I was a roofer, there was this guy named Raj and he uh, looked kind of like Tommy Chong and uh, he would like wear bandanas and stuff and he would say, uh, yeah, man, I think all of them are full of shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like that was that was like the best politics I ever heard on the job site. Yeah, I, I mean, I gotta say, in that regard, um, I have when I worked at the warehouse, I worked with a lot of people, and they thought that I was like this bleeding heart liberal guy. And um, I mean, if you if you have the if you can be cordial and fun and not like let them know you think that they're a piece of shit that's like eroding humanity or something. Like if you can keep that and and right. do it, I mean, maybe you can slot yourself in, but you know, I mean, a, a lot of work is like, you have to kind of just keep it close to your chest. What you think I, I, you know, they are probably voting for like horrible people that are doing horrible things. Um, but like fighting and, and like, I don't know, losing your job. You have to decide whether it's worth it or not. You know? I mean, what do they know about your politics? Uh, very little. I, it's, I've only worked there uh, two, three weeks. So here's, I'm going to tell you how I could see it happening. Okay. Where, where you're, you're relatively successful in this social situation. And this is how it's worked for me. At a number of my jobs, I worked with a lot of conservative people in my day. And uh, what what will happen is first in the conversations, this is this is the coolest leftist move, by the way, or even I mean, this works for any kind of politics This is the coolest move is when they start listing their conservative stuff. Well, let's just say like, well, we all know socialism has never worked. You don't say anything. You go. Eh, eh. <laughs> let it be known that you do disagree with that but don't give them anything just it's always like because everybody my dad i remember my dad one time was like communism could never work and i went eh, 
And he stopped arguing with me after that because he knew that like whatever was going to come next was an argument. But the truth is like a lot of those guys, they want to have the conversation. Now, whether they're open to changing their mind or listening to you, if you have well-reasoned, good humor, plain spoken ways to address them, a lot of times you can get them on your side. I have talked I, to so many people that I've been able I've been able to talk to so many people f- that like I- I'll be like so you know there's a healthcare mandate which means that you have to either have a job and get healthcare or you have to pay for healthcare yourself. Wouldn't it just be even better if the people that are mandating you get it, give it to you. And then we'll always agree with that because you know, in the end it's going to cost them less money and they want it to just cost less money. And it's things like that. It's like this slow roll to like getting them to agree to the planks of what you think. Yeah. Instead of like getting them to just become socialists. If that makes sense. Like the anti-trans stuff is like, why do you care? what people do like what is happening in the bathroom that makes you so fucking nervous what do you think like i remember the first thing that got rid of my homophobia was somebody saying so like you think a bunch of dudes want to fuck you and i was like no actually not that's true it's like i didn't think women wanted to fuck me why would i think guys do yeah i i have to i i think I, that's this. I agree. It's like it takes a. Ma- it's a matter of tact, and it's a way of absorbing things. You know, if someone says like socialism has killed a billion people, you just have to soak it up and just be like, eh. You like you said, so eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did some bad stuff. But don't you think the government should be oriented in a way for like me and you to get something out of it? You know, like you just have to know how to parry stuff and. Like, I've said it, like, just you have to pay attention to, like, the corners of your mouth. Like, as long as you're smiling and as long as you're having a good time and as long as you're not angry, spitting mad, like, you're doing fine in it. And you you don't have to win. It's not – it doesn't all come down to one moment in somebody's life. But you can't – there is a way to butt up against those people and do it in a fun way where you can be just, like – yeah, you know, I guess it is for me. I don't want to wear a fucking dress, but I'm also not going to let my life. I'm not going to be in hysterics just because somebody else is is going to live there wants to be trans. Like, like, why am I going to be all fucked up about it? Like, you can present it in a way where it's like, I guess if why are you thinking about somebody else's genitals though? Like, are you thinking about <laughs> what I do with my dick? You know, like, yeah. are you thinking about what everybody in here, everybody here, what they fuck or like what their sexual proclivities are like? Like, why why are you so concerned with this stuff? Like, you can do it in a way where you're just flippant and you look, you know, you look better than everybody. You can you and- can question the narrative. You're like, oh, you believe that? You believe that bullshit from the mainstream media? You know, whatever it is. And it- you- can I say this in general, like yeah. what's going to end up happening to you in the end? And, and Brett will agree with this too. He's been in this situation a hundred times. I've been in this situation a hundred times. You're the wacky liberal at the office. And yeah. that's just they what it is. Oh, he yeah. don't agree with it. You know, yeah. of course, but he don't agree with nothing. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can find a way to go to be, be a good sport. Construction is a tough thing. I mean, warehouse work was the same. Like I was up against people that were vets and that were hardcore, like, all kinds of George W. Bush supporters and all of that stuff. And it was a matter of like, um, 
you know, really uh, paying attention to your composure and how you conduct yourself on things like that, because, you know, it feels like you're putting on kid gloves for them or that they don't have to confront all of the like the disgusting things they back up. But like, if you really want to have an effect on them, it's going to take a it's going to take a different a different um a different feeling than just like beating it out of them. Like you can't just do like the macho fight about this shit. And, you know, you have to figure out a way to, you have to do something else. Right. You know? Yeah. So counter, but be kind of respectful with it. Yeah. With me, it's about like, and, and I don't you, know what if you're, you, if you know, they have a stupid opinion just because they've been reading memes all day, just let it go. Right. There's, you're not going to like right. explain away that thing, but you can always, if you can find a way for them to get to listen to what you have to say, if you can say like, yeah, I understand why you think 1776 is important because you are getting advertised all day that it is. <laughs> yeah. But I'm concerned about like the the single mothers I know, or I'm concerned about my daughter's school where these things are happening. That when, if they, if they are willing, if you're willing to, like, it's a way to open the, do- the, the, it's a way to open the, the, avenue of communication where they can then hear something that is you know not liberal talking points but just advocating for the wellness of all of us right for me it's like um a lot of times in the in the political conversations i have with more conservative people especially it's been harder since trump because i think some of the trump people are totally unwilling to be a part of it you know but like in the conversations i've had in the past it hasn't i i don't like to say i attack their character in a way but like i try to say okay so like when when the um <clears throat> like i said about like do you think you know people are coming in the bathroom to see you piss you know what i mean do you think anybody like actually cares to do that or that anybody's having fun like it's about like I've never had a weird bathroom experience I've in never, my fucking life. Never. There's never been one moment where something out of the ordinary, besides everybody averting their gaze and hoping nobody that, like, looks they get at it the done other as person. quickly as possible. Yeah. Or like if let's talk about like like taxes, but like if they're just talking about all this tax shit, be like like Amazon doesn't pay any zero yeah. taxes. Do you think that's okay? Like, if are we going to sit around here and think it's okay for me to pay taxes, but not Amazon? And then, you know, a lot of times they'll listen. It's like one of those things where you're like, you're not yelling at them, but like, I have this way and I wish I could do it. I, somehow we got to get like a conservative person. That's a normal human being on. I have this way. Good luck. <laughs> I have this way of getting them to agree with me. But in the end, they're still conservative. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's like, I mean, that's, I think, like, sort of, you sort of wish, like, that wasn't the case. Because, you know, in the end, they're still going to just vote for Donald Trump. But they agree with everything you said. But they (laughs) are still going to vote for Donald Trump. But it's like, it then, when it gets to that point, though, it does feel like you could flip a switch. You know, maybe one day something happens. Maybe... Bernie gets elected and it doesn't melt their world down and their life gets better. And then maybe we've like sort of flipped a switch and started moving in a direction to go beyond even him. Right. You know, right. I think you'll be great. I, I, I really think that like, as don't let them get to you because if they find out what your politics are, they're going to try to get to you. And, and like, as long as you can steal yourself against Things that uh, that you might find offensive, which 
like we all have to do in the workplace, especially when we're doing blue collar work, uh, you're going to be okay. And, and once you start to get to know them, you're going to be able to talk to them and you're going to have conversations with them and you're going to change their mind. I promise. Yeah. You know, it's kind of for like, I feel like some of us are like, uh, you know, people listen to this are like, uh, overachievers in the way where if someone tries to make you uncomfortable, you can come back with something to make them feel way more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but from, from a, you know, from a more, uh, you know, a better intentioned place. Yeah. But, uh, good oh, luck. For your life. Yeah. Keep us posted on this. I- I'm really interested actually. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Peace. Good night. So here's the deal. It's smoobucha time. Oh my gosh. Is it smoobucha time? Are like we interested like a, in me drinking the smoobucha? I mean, is it bubbling right now? I'm oh God, it's got ginger in it. Ginger's wonderful. This is not my least favorite flavor. Ginger will keep you alive for a few more years. The more ginger you can get, it keeps you alive longer. For sure. It's also, you know, actually, uh, I have to pick one of my favorite flavors is ginger. And I think what I enjoy about it is that the expression of each individual uh, fucking ginger root is different. It has like a variation to it. So it's always a surprise for someone like me that like is always uh, looking for new tastes and flavors like ginger is never the fucking same. Love ginger. I don't love Shout out to ginger. I don't love what you just said. I don't like ginger. ginger. It's one of my least favorite flavors. You know what my favorite flavor is? Pepperoni. (laughs) Maybe. Pepperoni doesn't, it's not the same as kombucha. (laughs) Isn't it really old and covered in mold and shit? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I love, I mean, it's just like if somebody asked me what my favorite flavor in the world is, and I had to like sit around and think, and, and I really started to parse it out. I would probably come up with something different. But the truth is, it's definitely pepperoni. I would you fucking do, love pepperoni. Would you do a pepperoni drink? Mm. Like if they had a Soylent pepperoni flavor? No. You got me there. Maybe. You wouldn't? No. I Pepperoni Dude, is just like spicy excitement to me. 16 cold ounces of spicy pepperoni with caffeine to start your day, dude. Here's the thing. That Here, sounds like an epic bacon type of morning, right? I don't want an epic bacon type of morning. I like cafe mocha. But here's you, the thing um, about pepperoni. Like candy for breakfast. Here's the thing about pepperoni. It was the only reason I couldn't stay vegetarian. Mm. It was like the only thing I missed when I went vegetarian was pepperoni. Like if they made good. Li- listen, if you're a listener, uh, Brett will give you the P.O. box number because he knows it and I don't. And you know of good vegetarian pepperoni, you might be able to turn me over to vegetarianism. Okay. Because pepperoni is just so important to me. P.O. Box 82306, (laughs) Columbus, Ohio, 43202. You, if you vegans and vegetarians out there think. There's not a good fake pepperoni. That you can get me. I've been in this for so long. I will go vegetarian. None. If somebody finds me a good pepperoni. Doesn't That's exist. all it takes. I mean, I might go pepperontarian anyway, is what I've been Ooh, thinking lately. Where it's just, just like the only meat I eat. It's only eat. one. <laughs> that's one great. Meat. No, that's a great reduction. <laughs> People always forget about the reduce part of that triple R. The reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce every meat except for pepperoni. <laughs> pepperontarian. Pepperontarian. <laughs> It makes sense. People know immediately. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't. I couldn't give it up either. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's probably the hardest thing for people to give up because cheese pizza is dog shit. Yeah. It's the dog shit. If they cook it right, if it's smoked, it's not bad. Boring ass pizza. It's just a I real agree. boring cheese I, pizza. I, you know what I'm doing? What? No pizza in 2020. Ugh. I fucking hate it. What are you going to do on a road? I'm fucking done. What are you going to do on a road? I will eat ketchup packets. I'm See, you're just, gonna, I'm not what, going you to, know, I no. fucking hate it. I'm done with pizza. We it's, had it like seven times this fucking week and oh, I'm done. It's Here's what's going to happen it's bad for you. It makes you greasy and gross. Here's the issue. Here's what's going to happen. Me and him are going to be on the road. It's going to take us seven hours to find something to eat because he won't eat pizza. <laughs> I'm just going to eat gas. I would rather just eat three fucking danishes from the gas station instead of a pizza. <laughs> I have to be done with them. They're just so they're just at every angle. Yeah. Every time we got up with met up with people during the holiday season, they had fucking pizza. It's it America's drove me food. nuts. It drove me my insides are just like rubbed raw right now. With pizza? I can't do pizza. It's America's Fuck food. Pizza. Dude. It's, it's the most American Humans food. Humans shouldn't eat cheese. I gotta say it. I hate to say it. Oh no, like, no, bad. not on my it's show. Bad for people. You are not a vegan. It's not. You're a cheese boy. <laughs> I can't anymore. You love cheese. I'm done with it. I let's see. It, it. killed me. It's killed me. Literally <laughs> killed me. I'm done. I I seriously hate it right now. I'm excited about this. This week has been like so bad with just booze and food. Okay. Well all of it. Booze. No macaroni and cheese. No booze cheese. in twenty twenty. Pizza too. No booze pizza. in 2020 is better than no pizza. It's easier no to cheese. do. Cheese is gross. Oh God, Brett's gonna start showing up with a pack lunch at everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm have to fucking eat pizza. I'm sick and tired of fucking. I pizza. hate pizza. I, you right know now. the truth is Brett's been pissed about pizza for three years. So I know. I'm I need fine to make, with it. It's yeah. time to really. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Time I get, like it. It's time to get a, a tattoo of a pizza crossed out with an X. I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna. I like it. I actually like this. I like people who restrict their diet to like they get rid of all the good stuff and only eat stuff that sucks i really i mean i like everything else i just am like i'm way into rice like i love rice and whoa. noodles whoa i'd rather have that okay well you can usually get a spaghetti at a pizza place yeah it just tastes like pizza all right let's see the everything next thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to oh shit it's me howdy hey uh first off to brett hey it's uh it's illegal toilet, the Foot Five guy, the originator of the uh, of the Foot Five with you in Chapel Hill. Yeah, thanks for calling in. And uh, if anybody wants to go, uh, moment, and yeah, I will, I'll never forget it. Skin to skin, foot to foot, it happened. Ew. It was. It was. I fucking have to say, you uh, to Brian. Uh, Brian, uh, this is pharmacist, and <laughs> this is and, my uh, life now. That, that's just in my. No, it's my job, by the way. It's my job to say this is pharmacist. And you say, is this pharmacist? I have the showers. I should have done it for him. I should have done the, is this pharmacist? I have the showers. There you go. (laughs) That's been my favorite joke off of Shocktober. Like me and my wife have just been repeating it to each other like for like three weeks. I mean, nobody can so, uh, nobody can get past this as pharmacists, and they should never have to. Um, it is the laziest thing that's ever happened in the history of any kind of radio. So, yeah, I I'm with you. This is pharmacists. So, what's up? Well, I, I fucking I love that whole call because like nobody talks like that. Like, it, and and you and Felix really hit hit the nail on the head with that because you're like. 
he's making all these jokes that like nobody would ever make. He's using terminology that no one uses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's wild, anyway, dude. It, 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 it's really stuck with me. But at any rate, so so uh, the last time I called in was oh probably uh, early in the year sometime, and like uh, Brian, you weren't there, and I really wanted to talk to you about like working in a fucking call center. Because I've been in this like shitty call center for five years. What are you doing? Sick. What do you? What, can and, I ask what kind of calls you? Is it inbound, outbound? What what kind of calls are you doing? Uh, it's inbound and it really sucks. It's uh, basically like, without going into too much detail, it's basically customer service for CPAs who are basically the worst fucking people because they can't work a website despite the fact that our website is rife with errors. So can and, I, uh, I mean, it, it cause so yeah. my experience in the call center was tech support, like vaguely just oh, what yeah, I was doing. Do are you that, doing yeah. tech support? Or are you doing like, cause like, here's the thing, the, the, uh, call center jobs are wildly different. Like Brett did collections. I did tech mm. support. Uh, I've never talked to anybody that does sales, but, uh, I've done sales. Oh, you've done sales. Yeah. I did sales. How was it? Which one was your favorite? Which one was the easiest for you to do? I, I never liked sales. I like just dealing with people's problems. I like just solving people's problems. Sales is too much. I agree. Because you're just lying. Oh, yeah. So so you do kind of like just like uh, support for a website that barely works? Yeah. And uh, and I mean, it, it's been the same way for years. It's It's just been like all these empty promises from management. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to put this new platform in and and now we're going to integrate Salesforce and all this stuff. And it's just like, and, and then none of it ends up working because they have like, four, we have 14 different systems or so that we work in and none of them talk to each other. So the moment one thing goes down, it's just like a cat, uh, catastrophe and everything goes down and it's just stuck. So uh, anyway, like uh, now let me, let me know in your experience, like, did you, do you remember there being just like a grizzled old dude in the call center who had been there for like way too many years and was never going to leave until they took him out of their feet first? Yeah. I, I, uh, my manager, old punk guy, old angry punk guy Yeah, was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, well, when I started, we had, we had a guy who'd been there for like seven years at, ever since they moved from uh, New York to Durham. And basically like, he went, like, you know, you get there, you get it, you start a new job and you, and you figure out that this guy's been there for so long and he's just kind of like venerable for a while. But then you quickly, but then like, once I got to know him, I realized that he's just a racist old New York dick. And, so, and uh, Is so like, I, you know, I, I told myself like, I'm never going to fucking become that guy. And now I've been there for five years and I like, I'm practically that guy except without the racism. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I, I are you, hate, are you like grizzled? What? Well, go ahead, Brett. Well, I think that like, uh, like you, you, when you were at your job, you refused to get promoted. That was not the same job. No, at the job I was at, uh, I was actually shooting. I, I, I got moved around quite a bit. At cable? You didn't, you weren't at cable. To... I refused to get promoted. Right. But at the I call mean. center. No, I'm just mean like at the cable company, you refused to get promoted and you were just a guy that did the cable job. Yeah. And I feel like there are people that are like, no, no, I don't want to be a coach. I'm just going to collect. I'm going to live off commission or whatever the fucking sales but numbers are. You don't and think be like the professional of this. I f yes, but I feel like that is like a healthy attitude to take because only so many people can be a manager. For sure. Right. So there's only so many jobs. 
So like, I'll just be good at this low level job. You know, is that, is, is that the type of dude you are or, or have you moved up? Are you like the guy that people come I mean, to? I've moved up like for approximately like two levels, but, uh, but it, there's no benefit to it. It, uh, it's really just kind of a name thing. I don't really make probably a lot more money than people who just started. And uh, people who have been there with, with, for a lot less time have gotten promoted over me pretty consistently. Now, one question I did want to ask you guys, like, at what point do I just decide fucking enough is enough? I've applied for 19 positions in this place, and I've been rejected for every one of them. I, I hate that. the fact that I come in, I, I bust my ass every day. I, my attendance is fucking stellar. Just, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, how old are you? Can I ask how old you are? I, I just turned 37 a few days ago. I mean, here's the thing. And this is just something that like, I've sort of picked up over the years, especially the years doing Street Fight. Uh, it kind of feels like that once you hit past 35, there are some businesses that are like, they see you in a position and that's where you are. Does that make sense? Because like yeah, I've yeah. talked to a lot of people that have that that have worked at places for 20 years, 25 years and that are like, you know, hit they they were they were moving around in the company, you know, in their 20s and their 30s, they were like they were applying for jobs, they were getting hired onto these jobs, they were like doing their their college and, and bettering their credentials and stuff like that. But then right around 35 everything they applied for turned them down. And I, I, I am like a hundred percent accusing companies of being ageist. (laughs) I think that they really are. And I think that it starts at 35, 36, 37 to 40, you know, I disagree. I mean, I think that's something to blame it on so that you don't, you don't have to do anything. You can just say, Oh, I'm it's everybody hates me because I'm old now. Well, what I'm going to say is that from what I've observed and from my wife, from what my wife has done and from what I've seen happen, uh, is that like in this job marketplace, you do not increase your wage by staying with a company. Most people are moving jobs every three to five years. You go in and you get a position and you you do it very well. And then you go to other jobs and you say, I do this job very well. But for $10,000 more, I could do this other job very well that you're looking for. And my wife went from... 35 to 50 to 60 to $90,000 just by going from city to city to, to job, to job, to job that believed that she was able to do what she did. And, 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 and also like you are the kind of employee that they would want as a yeah, new people hire. like it. People like five been, years is great. They see five years. They see you're, you're 35. So you're not going to be rambling all over the world. You can follow the rules enough to be there for five fucking years. You can stay within the fucking lines of any fucking corporate handed down HR bullshit. But yeah, you should definitely be looking for a position that's a little above your punching weight and uh, try to find something that builds upon the skills you have. And go at that for another few years and then jump to the next motherfucking gig. Like, that that's the game right now. Like, can I ask, are are you mm. are you like very comfortable where you're at? Is that is that like why you're you're not like looking outside by any chance? Is it like just Honestly, comfort I, or I, friends? I fucking hate it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I want out. Like, I, I want to get out any, like, the moment I can, I'm gone. I'm a fucking ghost. Like, they will never know, like, they'll, they'll never know that I was there. But you do. Gone so quick. So, so I, don't, I don't know what it exactly is you do, but you do have some sort of a skill to maintain employment for that long. You are doing something enough that is in, in a level of, a level of quality that it makes sense for someone to keep paying you over and over. You can take that and you can bullshit sell that to another company and convince them to give you like more. You know? Right. If you're in Durham, street fight listeners in dirt, we have a lot of listeners there. If you're in Durham, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll try to connect you with somebody, but like, I think, like the the best thing you could probably do is you seem like the type of person that if somebody recommended you for a job, you would take it seriously and it wouldn't necessarily be a risk to have you recommended for a job. And I, if I were you, I would ask my friends like, Hey, have you heard anything hiring? And meanwhile, like sort of looking on, uh, at the time, I looked on Monster.com and shit. Monster? But, yeah, that's what I was doing. I never got a job off of it. But, like, I mean, Yeah, just, Monster was bogus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just looking around, <laughs> just if you're able to, like, flex sort of a network that you have, if you know some people, like, five years in a call center will get you a better call center job. Like, you will be able to get a better job and a better call center. And you might even be able to, like, slide right in there at a higher position after what you've done. Mm. What you have to be willing to do is, I mean, bullshit. Like, like whatever your job title is, whatever your job duties are, when you're filling them out on a resume, make them make them look impressive because it is impressive that you did something for five years and you, and you did move up in the company, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, like, you know, I've just been like busting my ass and like the only, the only reason that I'm, that I'm where I am now is, is just because, uh, because I found things that I'm good at. Like I, right now, uh, we, we used to have a lot more duties, but they've, they've outsourced a lot of it to, uh, they they opened an office in Malaysia, and they outsourced a ton of uh, a ton of our stuff over there. So what they uh, like what I did is I you know every time they've kind of reduced it, I've I found something like uh, they've they've taken it down to just phone calls, chats, and online chat and emails. So I decided, okay, well you know if you're going to do that, I'm just going to get really good at email. But then they brought in a new hiring class, and and uh, you know they get a lot more time on email than I do. They're trying to like push me more and more towards taking fucking phone calls. <laughs> How long? Brian, you yourself have said, as you yourself have said, like what's the thing that people just want to do in a fucking call center? They want to get off the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why. Uh, yeah, fuck, I can say this on the show. Nationwide Insurance in town. The people that work there have told me that the best way to get a foothold in the company and get promoted and make a lot of money is starting in the call center because fucking nobody wants to do it. And yeah. like mm. if somebody sees on your resume that you worked in the call center, they want you because you did the hell job yeah. and you really got to think of it like that. It's like you are doing a hell job like that. People will respect 
that you've done this for five years. I respect that you've done this for five years. I'm not the only one that respects that. If I was a guy that was hiring people, I'd be like, this he was on the phones for five years. That's fucking crazy. Impressive. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's really impressive. People don't talk enough about how, uh, you know, you see a lot of stuff about emotional labor and stuff, but, but taking phone call after phone call after phone call for eight hours a day really is hard it's really hard challenging work. yeah like we, you're, you're oh it just, drains the hell out of you it yeah. does I mean, you don't want to hear and, uh, sounds and i i mean i've done it i've done it and i and but it's draw it draws from a very specific energy and to like to tap into like that engage thing all day long you know i've my my wife come home comes home and she has like a real job where she doesn't do like Facebook while she's there. Like she solves like very expensive problems all day long, but she is like drained. Like it, it takes like, uh, it takes eight hours of intense focus on a problem and on like a computer program, you know, or like mm. it, having a, con having conversations with the pu general public, it comes naturally to some of us. But it is worth way more than what we're being compensated, you know? Yeah. Like oh, I yeah. can I can soak up I can soak up the general public. But I was getting you know, the twelve dollars an hour plus whatever commissions was was not enough for what I was dealing with. Right. Well, yeah. well and, and it was like I, I said this, I actually said this at the end of uh the variety show, but <laughs> like there's this thing when you're when when you're on the phones for eight hours i i, I was talking about how like uh, i was talking to tom and drew about this actually you know they say like sitting is the new smoking thing yeah sure. you know what I've, i mean i've heard that catchphrase right well, i saw I'm that not, on a on a new on a designer t-shirt i'm not like being like pro that catchphrase, but it is it like Carl Lagerfeld t-shirt. I don't think sitting down all day is good for you. No, I'm you're a walker. Fairly. I'm fair. Well, that's what we're in a conversation about, but I was you're talking. Biased. I, yes, but I was talking to uh, Tom about back in, in the uh, early 90 and early 2000s when I was working for the call center, I would spend eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, sometimes sitting. And then I would go home and I would be so fucking drained that I would just sit on the couch and watch TV all night because yeah. I couldn't like interact with the world at all. And if I had to go somewhere else and interact with people, I just was miserable. It was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And, and I think like that is, uh, that is the like sort of psychic debt that you get when you are a person yeah. in a call center and people don't understand that. People, but I, I came up in the time. Oh. Of, I came up in the time of headsets though. So I'd be standing up and be like practicing my golf swings and shit. Like I was, <laughs> I would be moseying. I'm a walker. I have to walk and talk. We had headsets, but they had a fucking cord on them. Yeah. And like you, you could, no, yeah, you can barely walk. It's like, if I can't walk it, I, I, it's like I, a leash would have been nice. If I could have walked all around the building and outside and stuff, I would have been great with it. Right. That's what they need to really work out is, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I think honestly, I think that the reason I walk all day now is because that thing is gone. You know, that, that, that thing forcing me to move is, is gone now. Nothing makes me move anymore, so I'm just wow. in constant locomotion. <laughs> yeah, say some you have some weird 
some weird anxiety about not moving that has overdone itself to the point where you're moving six hours a day. Oh, yeah, walking, trust me, eight hours a day. Yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, but I like it. It but feels yeah, good. Like, I mean, people are very worried. People are very. People do know that about you now. Who? Everybody that I talked to was like Brian. He walks all day though. I was like, yeah, forty. Th- we did like forty thousand steps in Las Vegas. We, me and you did thirty three in Vegas. Thirty three. I did uh, forty on uh, Ween Day. The Tuesday, I did forty on Thursday and uh, forty on Monday wow. <laughs> last week. My average right now, seven day average, is twenty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty six. Not bad. I just can't Not stop. Bad. I can't fucking stop. Yeah, but hey. I think you should look for. Do you hang out? No. I think you should. I, no, I'm here. I'm here. I think if you get the chance, and if you're if you're confident in it, I I, I think you, that like you can. I think I know you don't want to be on the phones, but I think yeah. any call center would hire you it, and would be happy to have you and pay you more than you're making yeah. now. And if you're smart enough to be annoyed by these motherfuckers and be gainfully employed for five years, you should just try something else out and challenge yourself and dominate that shit and just take the upgrade and don't try to work within like a framework where they, they already have their opinion on who and what your job is and what you can do. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like you are, you're, you're like, when you said you've applied for 19 jobs there, it's like, if you've applied for 19 jobs at a place and they're outsourcing a lot of stuff, it's probably good to jump off the ship anyway. And anybody would be lucky to have you is, is sort of my point. It's like a, a lot of call centers. If you, I mean, you obviously understand that like the average person that works in a call center lasts like six months. And if, if some hiring person at a call center sees that you were at your last call center job for five years, their eyes are going to fall out of their head and they're going to offer you something for real. And you can apply for higher level jobs too. That's the thing. Yeah. And I, so we got, we have to get, we have like a full queue here. So I want to get the rest. But I mean, just to even a big fucking wrench in the gears. If you hate being on the phones and you want to get a catering job and you can make something like that work and move towards something else, like you should just find something that is more in line with what you'd rather do day to day. If you're a comfortable working person that can just get along to get along with whatever needs to get done, you should maybe find something that, you know, is more in line with what you want to do. Otherwise, like. Yeah, it just seems like it's time for a change of pace. But thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. DM me, DM me, and if DM us, and if anybody, uh, if anybody comes to us with job prospects in Durham, we will uh, hook you up there for sure. For sure. You ready to get this next call in? Um, yeah, man, that call center stuff is. Did you were you like that with me? What What did you? What was your like after work? routine like when you worked at the call center what you said i mean mostly i uh sat on the phone all day hounding people for money trying not to hound people for money get a little break from that um and then i would go home and just lay on the couch and fall asleep on the couch and wake up right before i had to take a shower and go answer fucking phones again right i wonder why that is like what is that what is that 
what does it do to you? Because it did that to me too. I would get off those phones. I would go straight home. And the only thing I could think about was just sitting on my couch and not doing anything, which you would think it would be the opposite. I've been cooped up sitting down in a building all day. It puts you in a point of stasis though, where like I was in a, it was in an okay suburbs, like apartment that I was staying in. And uh, I had a car that like worked. It was a car payment. So it just puts you like right on the edge of comfortability, but you have no excess. Like if you're if you're trying to if you're playing it smart and you're down the middle, there's nothing else to do besides pay your car payment on time and pay your rent on time and never leave because it's gonna cost too much. Right. Well, and and when you talk about because that's when you lived in Gahanna. Yes. Well, it was the same when I lived out in uh, Dublin and when I lived in uh, Reynoldsburg for for a period of time before I finally moved downtown uh like it was just like there's nothing to do here and uh, i assume there's a ton of stuff to do downtown but i shan't ever go there yeah (laughs) i don't even know what that was about was like why don't i ever go there it's i can see it from my house i mean and uh, but honestly i mean i would go downtown to go party and stuff but that was that was the weekend it was a it's a weekend warrior thing too it slots Mm -hmm. you into that but it's like if uh if it's the weekday, like just power down, like do not yeah. spend money, eat just eat like beef stroganoff again for like it, dinner or just it just makes me wonder, like are it, it just makes me wonder, like, are we in a place in our lives now? Uh at at I'm forty and you're thirty-five or you're gonna be thirty-six, right? Yes. And and like are we at a space in our life where if we had stuck with the call center office stuff? Would we be like aware enough in our minds to 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 like when we got off work, like try to like run on a treadmill or take a walk or go out and hang out somewhere or be friends with people? Like, yeah, are like, do you do you think that ever happens? You know, like, or do you just stay exactly the same? I mean, I mean, it it, it changes. I mean, it. I think it just gets to a breaking point. I think what yeah. what what you have is basically what me and you dealt with when street fight started where this person is just like i've been hammering away at this for five years the cops haven't come and kicked me out of my house none of my shit's been repossessed i'm in a relatively normal amount of debt but like you know i've been living the same thing like what do i do and you just you have to like fucking change shit and like <laughs> yeah deal with what happens next constantly you just gotta move in it move in a direction of uh you know, what you like and what makes you feel more comfortable and try to make it work. I mean, me and you are very much like the the thing that I think me and you have the most in common is like that, like we basically turn our lives over every four years or something <laughs> like where yeah, it's just and like, that's, and what's, that's, what's next? What's next? What's next? That's how the variety show happened, right? It was like in January, we were driving in on the West Coast and we said, we've toured the whole country. We've done LA. We've done, we've we've done the whole country. And then, uh, we were like, what is a level up? Cause it's getting boring touring the country because yeah. we'd already done it. And, uh, I said, what if we decided to take the Sam's and the Trillbillies and did a tour with them as a package? And, uh, that would be cool. And then it took us time and we figured it out and we, we did that tour and it was fucking awesome. It was like this thing where we felt really good. We had put this package together. Our friends got a lot out of it. We got a lot out of it. 
And uh, we felt in a way like we had leveled up. We 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 uh, took Kath on tour. We took uh, uh, Minion Death Call on tour. We took and like I, this is the end of the year. We should like go through and thank all those people. But anyway, we took those people on tour. We felt really good. And then I remember we were talking and we were like, so like, <laughs> what else is there to do? And then we said, let's try to make a run in Columbus. And that's where the idea of the variety show came. And like, it's just like, we never sit and we never just keep doing the same thing. And I think that's how this happened, how street fight happened yeah. or because like, I, I, I gotta think I probably had, I not gotten robbed. I probably am not a cable guy now. Yeah. I gotta think I'm, I, I'm doing something else. Well, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the other side of that, I would say in regards to like what you're doing for a living is that, uh, I mean, you know what it's like to do that job for the last five years and what life is like doing that. And then you can switch it up and it's it goes up and down because like Erica, when we were in D.C., she was pushed to the limit doing like very high level projects that were like award winning that she was very proud of. Um, but now in Columbus, it's a very slow pace where like they're like, oh, we can push it off till Tuesday. You know, like they're <laughs> yeah. just not as pressed as. You know, they're not trying to, to turn this shit over oh, the yeah. same amount. And the pay isn't the same at all. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's, you know, now she can also have time to have a hobby. Like, she can come home at 3 in the afternoon and go get Charlotte and have early days. And, uh, like, that's the trade-off. It's like, it's the money isn't the most important part. It's, right. But the lifestyle changes of, like, what you're doing to get your money and how, you know, you organize it, you know. Like... I guess like on, on before we just, we'll take the next call in just a second. I guess the, like the thing I'm thinking about is like, why can't that be a benefit at a job? If that makes sense. Like we, we talk all the time about this job has this benefit, this benefit, this benefit. Uh, they should have uh, more paid time off. They should have paid sick time. They should have uh, you know, a higher minimum wage, but like it would be nice if, they tried to entice people by saying, we will let you have your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know why we can't be in a world where one of the, where, where like you can go get a job where one of the enticements is you don't live for us. We will let you have a life. Yeah. And it just isn't a thing. It's like, even when you're a high achiever, like Erica, they don't have any regard for her having a lot of free time. They don't like think of it. She sure. might have free time, obviously, but they don't ever think like, maybe we should free up some time for Erica so that she can like do, read a book or fucking go on a trip or like just have a couple days off to spend with her family. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. they don't, that's not even a part of the equation. It's no. depressing, yeah. you know? Go ahead and take this next one and then we'll probably take a break. All right. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Yo. Hey. 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 Not a whole lot. Just to like circle back to the uh, clean eating, like fuck cheese entirely. It's hey. a toxic substance. Right on, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. It's not good. I'm not. I'm not going to eat this. It's like, silly. Shit that came out of like another animal. Oh, don't try like, to make it sound gross. Baby. 
That's rude. He, well, I mean, it is. It's not gross, but I mean, like, it's not for people. <laughs> ah, jeez, this is depressing. I'm gonna end up on the road. We're gonna end up. What's gonna happen now is we're gonna take Minion Death Cult on the road with us again, and I'm gonna have to sit with two vegans. Did fucking gnawing on go. loaves of bread while we drive around the country. Yeah. Well, bread bad for you too, man. That's not a good thing either. Oh no, I'm I'm I I love bread. I think that's perfect for <laughs> Vegans you. Vegans are bread boys. Like you gotta have that. <laughs> when when Tony got in the car for Minion Death Cult, he just had an enormous loaf of bread in a paper bag. Yeah, he was like, I made this focaccia at at uh, Alexander's apartment, and it was just this greasy grocery <laughs> bag. With, and like, then, his bread, and he was just tearing hunks off and handing them out. And then Friday, Friday, uh, Brett and Nick from Means TV get to the venue, and Nick's like, hey, I've been carrying these rolls around from Ann Arbor and gnawing <laughs> on them all day. Would you like a, a roll? And I was like, no, I don't want a fucking roll. Yeah, Nick did. I also- love Brett. <laughs> he carries a dozen rolls with him. He seriously, when we jumped in the car, he was like, slid one to me it was like you gotta try these rolls man they're the shit no butter no nothing just rolls. no just a straight roll vegans love bread man they're just like well we can still eat bread (laughs) obviously i'll admit when i was vegan like that was like my main calorie source (laughs) i mean it's not fair like the idea that like you're you have gotten rid of cheese and milk and and uh meat is like that is like really that's a huge difference between uh, with the like average average American diet. When you yeah, then I mean, decide, I- mm, I'm also not going to have bread. It's like nobody can eat with you. It's like, what are you chewing on a tomato all day? Like, I don't yeah. really know what to eat. Lettuce wraps. <laughs> Tofu lettuce wraps. You know, like a... Go to like a, uh, a ramen place and then just have like the ramen minus the noodles and just have that wonderful broth. Is ramen uh, chicken? Though? No, that's not. The ramen is the noodle. I love ramen. I gotta disagree with you. It's all the spices. But the ramen is referring to the noodle. Yeah, I got screamed at though on tour with Struggle Session because I said ramen isn't soup. Yeah, we did have a fight about we had a that. Big fight about that. I just. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it spaghetti. Is ramen is spaghetti. Yeah. But uh, what's up tonight? <laughs> I think. Um, not like a super whole large amount, just kind of like relaxing on a Sunday and uh been a big weekend for me in terms of like realizing that other people don't have control over like how I feel, basically. Really? Like that's all on me. Like yeah, what I experience should not ever influence like what I feel. That is locked in like my skull. And at the end of the day, at the end of every conversation, how I respond is entirely on me. Oh, you know, I tell this to people and, and like, this is, it's just like in conversations I've had with people about like advice on, on like socializing and living their life, which I don't know why anybody asked me this, but I've said this in the past. It's like, you need to, you need to treat each interaction as its own unique interaction that doesn't have the baggage from other interactions, the baggage in your mind and the baggage in the other person's mind. And and you can't spend all your time thinking that the other person is thinking something that you're not a hundred percent sure of, because like what I have found in, in, in my adult life, especially in the past probably 10 years is that like, 
what I used to do when I had a conversation with somebody is we would we would talk, it would end, they would leave, and then I would try to pick apart what they said and their motives mm-hmm. for saying each thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was I just spent all this time doing that. And I didn't know I was doing it. It was just sort of the way I was taught to socialize, I think. And uh one day I was like, what if I just took everybody at their word at the moment that they're talking to me and I trust them and uh, trust that they believe what they're saying and that what they're saying is true in that moment and don't hold them to it for the rest of their life. And uh, that realization is honestly like probably basically I made I had that realization and then like made a whole bunch of new friends <laughs> and like had friends. I even met Brett around that time that that happened. And like, you know, Brett is a dude that like, if, if, if I was the old me, I could have conversations with him that he's in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Sometimes I never hold it against him past like the moment that he's been an asshole. Like, okay, he's an asshole. He's being an asshole. I'm just going to fucking fuck off. And then I talk to him the next time and he's nice. I'm like, I don't care about the asshole time then. Who cares? You know what I mean? He was an asshole. Okay. We're all assholes sometime. And like relationships could be so much more healthy if we, if, if, if we took each interaction and each person at their word, because like, you know, the holidays just passed and uh, I saw it happen a bunch of times and I wouldn't name names and I, I wouldn't say who it was, but like somebody would leave an event and then people would be like, can you believe they said that? I mean, like, what the fuck was that all about? You know? And then they start having the conversation about this thing. And it's like, this isn't like, not this never ends good. Like whatever we're doing here, we're talking shit about somebody, <laughs> you know? <what> I mean? <laughs> right. Totally. And I think even in that moment of like violent speech, because I think it is a form of violence, honestly, you have to remember like what people are doing. I mean, this is what I've at least thought in the past, like, you know, 24, 48 hours. Like they're really just saying like, can you like, please understand where I'm coming from and like try to like figure out why I'm in this way, why I'm acting like an asshole. And it's usually for a reason. Like there's a reason we do things. Oh yeah. And like, it may not be a good idea to be an asshole or be violent in your speech, but I mean, like, they're doing it because they think this is how it's going to get what they want. It's it's literally asking please, like, at the end of the day. Right. And it's just not a very nice way to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're totally right. I mean, when when people are angry, uh, they are. I, I think it's like the thing I always say where it's like sometimes we aren't our best person. And, like, we don't usually give people the same amount of uh we don't give people the same amount of leeway that we give ourselves in in those situations you know yeah i mean you know i i have to say that also like the key to the entire world is like when you realize everything is your own fault and you you because it, it takes away the uh it takes away everybody's power to ha to to drive you crazy like if if you expect people to be some sort of way, if you say they should be this or that, it's just they're going to disappoint mm-hmm. you over and over again, and you're going to be miserable about it. But when you can say, I'm in charge of how I inter- interact with everybody, and, and I can I can interact with people in a way that acknowledges who they are and the way they do things, and maybe it's not 
Uh, it's not the way that I would ever do things or the way that I think should be done. But the less that I, I get away from how I think, sh- the way I think should, the way I think things should be done. And the more I get towards, uh, just, you know, uh, accepting my role as working with somebody else and accepting who who they are like the the closer you get to just calm you know the but that like you're not yeah. you're not miserable you're not rolling things over in your mind about the way that other people should interact you you just say that like you know i i you just you have your own role in how you interact with people and there's plenty to get from them and we all have our own faults and you have to know that like there's a billion things wrong with yourself that they also dislike <laughs> yeah. about the way that you conduct yourself. You right. Know? Yeah. It, it is like that weird thing where it's like, uh, in my relationships, when things have been going poorly, uh, I generally feel like it, I, I need to do something because I can't make the other person do something anything so like anything if a person can't make do anything whatsoever right. at all so if somebody is like, angry at me i take it upon myself to to fix like fix whatever it is that i think is bothering that person now if that person isn't in good faith or if they're a person that doesn't like me already i'm not gonna fucking change anything and i'll probably tell them to fuck off but like in the end if it's somebody that i love or somebody that i spend my time with or, or one of my friends or something like that like I'm going to give them the maximum amount of like the benefit of the doubt. And I'm also going to say like, I could have done things better. Yeah. Like that's what I, I generally, need to, I need to adjust my expectations. I need to adjust the way I interact. Right. I generally will. I'm fully open, 100% willing to admit that like I am wrong a lot. And if I'm wrong, uh, if I'm wrong, I, I like try to be a guy that like will fix the things that are wrong with me. I think like life is about, I guess I think life is about uh constant self-improvement and trying to make yourself a better person. Well, I think if there's just, it's about finding the easiest path. And I think that's what relates to like the conservative caller from before is like, if I am mad that like same sex couples exist, like I'm going to be fucking pissed all the time. <laughs> like it's just the stupidest thing to oh, des- to decide that the way that somebody else conducts themselves would ever affect my interior environment, would ever affect my life to the point where I'm like rolling around in my head. Like they did this wrong. They should have did this or that. Everybody should be like this or that. Like, I have that inside of me. I definitely my the worst part of me is that I'm very judgy and I wish people lived up to expectations that I have or I think that they could do. Um but that all belongs to me. It's it's nothing about how you know they're on their own journey and I need to figure out how I can help uplift them. I don't need to to sit on the sideline and tally up all the mistakes that other people are making, you know. I <laughs> felt the same way about my parents for the longest time and I resented it so much and just because I mean I love them and whatnot but like they I feel like they I felt like they gave up at some point on life so to speak and I realized that that's just a really fucking toxic way to exist and it's easier for me like you were saying the easiest path through life it's easier for me to just accept them for who they are all their 
They've made deals. They've made de- they've made deals themselves, yeah. you know, like and and it's not it's not as easy as you think it is to sum it up with no. one with one little thought bubble. You know, it's a very nuanced totally. thing and you know, there is a yeah, there's a lot there's decisions that I've made already at this point in my life that I realize are I'm stuck with them for ever, you know, like that's for the forever I'm tied to people now, you know, I've created a person. So um yeah, those those yeah, those things those things create stuff that, you know, uh over time the over time, you know, the more you understand what you're you're poking out there at there is exactly right. It's like when you are in control of your own narrative, you can make sure that like it's a little calmer seas that you're sailing, you know? Like it, when you know you can get in a better relationship than maybe what you've seen or what what what's been displayed, you know, you can make a better deal when you you take more ownership over you know where you're at yeah entirely thanks for calling yeah, that was pretty much it that oh was that was it. great thank you yeah we loved it for calling it was, uh, we love talking like that love that's you guys thank way. you yeah we love you too thanks for calling we appreciate it have a good night i'm gonna call back to listen but just <laughs> okay you might get okay. picked up that's at the well. end you better have a good knock knock joke or something all right, we're going to take a break because I found this sweatshirt that I want to buy and I want to show it to Brett and see if he makes fun of me for it. Okay, I'm interested.
everybody. It's Street Fight Radio. We are back. Our uh, We took a little longer because our chat is <laughs> being bombarded by a racist person or at least somebody who thinks saying racist things are cool so we had we're trying to figure out how to make that not happen anymore yeah we're fighting back <laughs> against this uh oh my goodness it's just never ending but i guess we're uh affecting change we're pissing people off which means we're doing the right thing right we got fucking haters right that's our motivators mm, i think uh yeah i mean it, you know i have uh i have been in the uh I've been the troll, and now I'm being the trolled. Yeah, that happens. And that's just the way it is. Thanks for being here. This is Street Fight Radio, number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. You can call in, although we have a, a pretty full queue. Next Sunday, we'll be back doing the same thing, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. We've got a little bit to go. Um, if you want more of what we do... Find us on SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Spotify. You can subscribe to the podcast. That's where you can hear us for free two times a week. And come see us live. You know, we, we're always doing shows and we want people to come out. And it's always a great time. I, I, I love. I mean, to be honest, like the variety show was a really good show, but just the atmosphere was incredible. There was just, someone told me it was the best party that Columbus has had in years. <laughs> and it was just wall to wall, elbow to elbow, the coolest, most radical people, lots of organizers and lots of hip motherfucking people on uh, twisted up on drugs and alcohol. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. And, and I got to crowd surf. I fucking crowd surfed at the end of it. Can you believe that? Yeah, and and on January twenty fourth, see the Street Fight Variety Show again at Ruby Tuesday with uh, District Sentinel Radio and Jake Flores. So, uh, you know that's going to be a big happening. I think you should be there if you're close. All right, man, let's get these calls. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is Daniel from Austin, Texas. What's up, Daniel? How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Uh, I wanted to first uh, call in to uh, make a defense of the uh, celebration roast. Uh, it's underrated uh, because there is one really great way to cook it. It's olive oil and uh, red wine vinegar. That's like the best way. Oh, I, I haven't seen that a lot. That's a great tip. I mean, I, I mean, the thing about it is tofurkey is like dog shit and people laugh at yeah. it every time you drag it out. And, uh, but you yeah. know, tofurkey was there for the longest time for decades. Celebration roast, I think is like the, 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 at least the, that's like the standard at this point. I think that's the, the smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I haven't had a celebration roast. Oh, I have had one. Uh, I'll have to try it again because, uh, it wasn't my favorite possible thing that I could ever eat, but like, I'm not going to like shit on it because I'm sure it's something like, here's what I think happens with some of those fake meats. It's like, once you haven't been eating meat for a while, those probably taste a lot better than when you're like totally geared toward just eating meat, you know, like I, I think it's a different, I, I think you have to be able to readjust your, uh, you have to be able to like readjust your expectations for what something is. And I have not been good at that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, uh, I definitely 
was caught off guard when I first had that uh, Impossible Burger at uh, Burger King. Um, it actually gave me the shit. Like oh, me too. Every time I've had it so far. <laughs> yeah. Me too, yeah. I don't know what they're putting in it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's definitely uh, a whole different feel from like traditional vegan meat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't had it very much uh, in the past few years because like, or in the past few weeks because like, Every time I do, I eat it, and my stomach just feels like, I don't know. It hurts. It actually hurts my tummy to eat the Impossible Whopper. Really? It does. For sure. It feels like I could eat the meat and feel better than I do. But, you know, the meat is terrifying at Burger King. Burger King's a terrifying restaurant, really. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a fun place to be at, uh, especially if you got to do, like, a favor well, I don't know what y'all have up there, but like any kind of like food delivery thing at like uh, around midnight when a lot of crazy drunk people are all about, it's a, it's a whole different place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We have a place called TJ's here and we never go to it for some reason, which is weird because like you would think me and Brett, especially now that we're performing in town more, would want to hit the TJ's after because it's a local joint and... It's like there's four of them, and it's just kind of like a Denny's sort of thing, but it's ours. Oh, hell yeah, Denny's. Yeah, it's ours, and it's better than Denny's. And uh, but their big dinner that every or their big breakfast thing that everybody really likes is called the Barnyard Buster. It's where they take like biscuits, bacon, and eggs, and then they just cover them completely in sausage gravy. So Brett can't eat that. So. I guess there's no real reason for us to go because, like, all you would ever want to eat there is the Barnyard Buster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to go to a restaurant when it's, like, a one-stop kind of destination for a particular dish. Yeah. Uh, at least for vegans. I don't know. I mean, if you eat meat, there's a lot of options. But um, Right. That's a, I was calling about. What, oh, that's, that, when we were on tour with Tony from uh, Minion Death Cult, he's, like, vegan. Brett will eat cheese. Well, I guess not anymore. He's decided, but he would eat cheese at that point. So, like, I got to learn a lot of places that, you know, because he, like, just knows a place. He's like, I'll drive 50 miles for some good food. You know? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I love Minion Deadfold. I've been uh, binging them for a little bit. Oh, they were great. They were great guys to tour with. And uh, thank you for coming out oh, with yeah. us, Minion Death Cult. That was wonderful. So, so, uh, um, did, did you have something else? Yeah. Uh, there was one other thing I'm, uh, I'm currently, uh, trying to do some research and, uh, I'm trying to get like a good, uh, journal of like different potential questions that I would ask. Cause, uh, in, uh, I'm in 2021, I'm going to go to is uh, for my fiance and I's honeymoon, but to where uh, a good portion of that is, uh, is in Athens. Sorry. Athens what? Greece? Oh, Athens, Greece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's a city in Athens. Oh, gotcha. That's sweet though. I hear I that. Think I, I think I was on a board game I played once. Oh damn. Um Yeah, but I, I uh I was wondering, uh, do y'all have like any particular I guess like any particular questions that you'd have for like Greek anarchists, um, or anything like that, because I'm trying to pull some uh some questions and I've so far uh, gotten some pretty good ones from some of my comrades down here in Texas. Um, but 
I, I kind of want to get more of a Midwest perspective and try to fill in the gaps of uh, this giant country. Are uh, you hanging with uh, them? Are Are you hanging um, out with I'm them? I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping to like possibly. I don't know. Like my my goal is to go there, uh, know at least like enough Greek to like kind of talk to people who like would. Uh, uh, I guess like it, it, most people would be more comfortable talking in their like local language. So uh, even though I'm sure like a lot of people know English there, um, my goal would be to like either uh, go to any info shops if they have any, or just like kind of uh, talk to whoever's willing to talk to me or my fiance. That's pretty much how I plan on doing it. Um, I've heard about some of the co-ops uh, just like, having general info shops or, uh, you know, um, people uh, volunteering in the uh, collectively owned, like, uh, restaurants and whatnot, uh, like, just doing dishes and talking to folks uh, who live and work there. Uh, and that's kind of my goal. I'm still on the very beginning stages of my research and my planning for all this. Uh, so that's why, I mean, y'all have, like, a lot of experience talking to not only a bunch of uh, folks from the Midwest, but people across the country. That's why I was kind of trying to gauge some questions from y'all. I mean, I'm just interested in how they live, right? Like, uh, they are anarchists and uh, they, uh, like in Greece, they seem to do it right. And and like, I would just be curious on how they get, I mean, that's what Street Fight's all about is understanding people's day-to-day -day life and what it's like to live there and live your principles and, uh if it's difficult, if it's fun, if it's it's always hard, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in, actually. For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that's basically yeah. my my blanket question for a lot of things, but like especially in this situation, like my interest lies in like day-to-day -day life. Like are there moments of joy uh, are there like, uh, are, is there comfort or is it like a very uh, uncomfortable way to live? Is there, uh, like things like that, you know? For sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I intend to, of course, like, uh, if I, you know, if I can get this kind of thing printed and out there, um, uh, I, of course would try to spread it to like a lot of people, um, in the punk scene and a lot of like other uh, anarchists I know, but uh, just talking to other communists too, who might not even be really aware of what's happening there. Uh, Cause they don't really pay attention to some stuff relating to like anarchist stuff, which is fine. Um, there's plenty of other circles around the world. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to bridge the gap a little bit. Um, so that that's ultimately my goal with uh, trying to, do research for and then hopefully developing a zine. I think in great. The next couple of years. Call I mean, us after yeah. you're done. I'd love to hear from them. Yeah, I would say to, uh, to me, in my in my opinion, the most the what the most important thing would just be the logistics of how they get things accomplished. Um, because we need to spread more information about how things are done and, and what kind of effort it takes and who's involved and what you get from it. You know. We work on a lot of projects. Oh, sure. We work on a lot of projects, and uh, you know everybody chips in, and then we know you know how much it's going to cost to get these things accomplished, and then we can get things done. I would like to just know, you know, uh, 
you know, that type of stuff is what interests me, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm particularly focused, uh, at least for my, the questions I'm developing for them on like how they've been able to successfully stop the, uh, right wing junta from, um, putting misery in the lives of, uh, the refugees that have uh, fled to Greece. And similarly, like what tactics have and have not worked there and how that can be applied to Texas, because we have a very similar refugee crisis. Uh, coming in from not just Mexico, but all over South America. And uh, we, uh, as leftists, you know, who live and work here in Texas are uh, faced with a very similar challenge. And uh, I'm, I'm just hoping to kind of, you know, uh, in a sense, learn from those who have uh, uh, gone in a lot of ways uh, in, <clears throat> through very extreme uh, crises, uh, crises. Um, with regards to the, the refugee, uh, uh, like, uh, the refugee crisis that existed there and like how it's pretty, uh, it's pretty similar to, uh, what's going on here, uh, in, in my state. So. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Call us when you get back. I would love to hear what you found. For sure. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of, a lot more planning and, uh, a lot more research as to, you know, what are some of the ways that I don't like, uh, I, I especially don't want to like support any, any of the, uh, shitty businesses that, uh, have been, uh, you know, uh, in a long time boycott with the, with the masses, uh, or anything like that. So I'm, I'm trying to do my research as far as that goes. Yeah. Do, but, do your uh, best. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. That, that was great. Uh, um, Brad, I found a cloak on here. Maybe I'll buy a cloak. You want to buy a cloak? I, yeah. I think I want to buy a cloak. You want to have like just shrouds on you? I do. You know, Gwen was telling me the other day. She was like, Dad, I noticed something about you. And I said, what'd you notice about me? She was like, you like heavy clothes. You like your clothes to be really heavy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's how dudes dress. Dudes like heavy clothes. Sure. I mean, dudes like me, right? Like sure. real dudes rock, macho dudes like sure. me. You want a lot of ounces. You want over a pound. <laughs> well, yeah. You, 25 ounce. Fabric. Yeah, because then also when I do my weight and it says that I'm really heavy, it's like, oh, yeah, but it's I'm wearing all these clothes. heavy clothes, too. Mostly clothes. You know? It's That's mostly boots and jeans there. and heavy sweatshirts. I just am really into, like, I got these cargo pants for Christmas, <laughs> thanks to Brett Payne. Uh, he helped my wife pick the right cargo pants. And uh, they're just magnificent. Really? I, they have changed everything about me. Right. You feel confident? Like a well? whole new guy now. Every, people treat you differently, you think? Uh, well, I think people see me and they're like, that's a guy in some stylish cargo pants. Sure. You know, he yeah. can carry a lot of stuff with him. Right. And, uh, Prepared. You, you know, here, here's the big cool thing about them. And, and maybe you're not going to think this is cool. Uh, they're baggy. Yeah. Which is like one of those things that's like, look. I've tightened the pants up over the years. Yeah, people, you yeah, know? slim fit became We've all the thing. Tightened them up. I'm wearing a pair of tight joggers now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, boy, do I miss baggy clothes. Yeah, let's go I back to sagging, bagging, I'm extra, not... just loose fabric loose. everywhere. Yeah, let's get fucking Make me loose, bigger. Baby. I want to be big. That's I want, how I, I feel. Be just everywhere. I want to take up all the space. Yeah, I want to be like, I want to sit down on this fucking couch and it's like someone laid some drapes on it. Yes. Yes, I want my pants to weigh six pounds. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know if six pounds is a lot for pants. For sure. I just yeah. love hanging stuff. I know what stuff, you mean. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's going to, it's, it's, it's back, but I don't know if they're ready to go that heavy. Well, these fucking pants that I got are just gigantic. They're just incredible. Just too big. Just you think just they're too big? They're absurd. No, no. You think my <laughs> pants are absurd? <laughs> Absurdly huge. Because I thought they looked excellent. Like no. they they make my legs look small, but right. I'm fine with that. You know. <laughs> right, what see. am I trying to prove with long legs? Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, is this me? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can you, hear you. You can tell us if it's you. Uh, hey guys, this is uh, Bryant in Denver. How's it going? <laughs> Great. How are you? Pretty good. I'm just uh, cooking some dinner here. Um, I had a uh, story about Christmas and a couple shout-outs if we got time for that. Go for it. Let's hear it. All right. So um, I guess when I was growing up, my uh, my parents tried to be honest with uh, me and my brothers about, like, uh, you know, uh, like telling us when uh when the you know santa claus isn't real and all that stuff <laughs> yeah when did they tell uh, you how old and, uh, <laughs> uh i don't remember exactly how old i was but uh this story is about my younger brother um <laughs> so we also uh grew up christian and so they tried to you know bring all the christian stuff into uh christmas you know keep the christ in christmas and all that Absolutely. okay okay um, the reason for the season and uh yeah, exactly. So uh, one of the one of the things they told my little brother was, you know, um, these there's these stories about Santa Claus, and they're based on this real guy named Saint Nicholas who lived about a thousand years ago in Turkey, and he was real generous and he gave people gifts, and that's what the story is about. That's the Veggie Tales I was talking so about little... the, on the previous show. That's yeah. the Veggie Tales one. That's my shit. I like that one. <laughs> You know, I, I went back to my parents' house for Christmas, and I was looking through all the VeggieTales uh, VHS uh, tapes, and I didn't find that one. Uh, otherwise, I would have sent it to you guys. Yeah, Christian but, Santa uh, ain't so bad. Like, if you can meld them, to, <laughs> the way they meld it together is, like, right on the money. For real, for real. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when, when they told my brother this story, uh, he's like, oh, he lived, like, a thousand years ago? Does that mean that he's, he's dead? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it was a long time ago. He, he's not around anymore. You know, and uh, so he went to school and told the same story in his own little little kid way. Yeah, and uh, and said, "Oh yeah, Santa's dead," and uh, made a bunch of kids cry in in his like you know, nice. first grade class. Or Jason did the same thing to me, actually. He's over there really? banning people in the chat room that are racist. But Jason, when I was a kid. Well, casual conversation. Jason. Yeah, Jason's older than me, and I, we're kids. We're in a casual conversation, Brett. This was not like a real conversation where this should come up. And we're kind of talking, like, and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of excited Santa's gonna come and stuff like that. And Jason's like, uh, you know, Santa's dead. And I said, he's <laughs> like, no, he's not. He's Santa Claus. And he was. Jason was like, I mean, you know. He'd have to be pretty old if he was alive. And if he was that old, he couldn't deliver the presents. Yeah. He's dead. And I was like, yeah. what about the Santas at the mall? And I think he even said they're dead too, which yeah. was very weird. Yeah. But it like was just so weirded me <laughs> out. Santa. Yeah. Well, yeah. I held on to Santa for probably longer than I should have. And then the second I finally believed that there was no Santa, I told my little brother. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I saw a lot of people well, cool. fretting about it and uh, you know, I I mean, I don't I don't expect anybody to like to tell my kid the lie. Like you can say whatever you want. Like I'm trying to build my daughter up to like not to like deflect all that Santa is dead bullshit that you're spit. Smart, yeah. Well, and we talked about this before Christmas. It's like people worry so much about their kid like finding out Santa's it's not weird. real. And it's, it's not like that. yeah. And and also it it like only strengthens their resolve when you yeah. tell them Santa's fake. Like Gwen like I actually had to sit her down and tell her, you know, hey, dude, like Santa's not real. Uh, and then she was like, uh, yeah, he is. And I was like, no, nah, I'm for real. Like I buy the presents and then wrap them and write Santa on it. You can tell it says Santa in my handwriting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not lying to you. Right. I'm Santa. Right. And she was like, oh, <laughs> I don't believe you. I actually don't believe you. <laughs> and then like part of in my mind, I was like, maybe she's just like thinking if she holds on to Santa, it'll mean she keeps getting a lot of presents because I still have to play the game. Right. And it's like, I, I just finally, I just told her, man, I was like, uh, uh, Hey, you're going to get the same amount of presents no matter what. But none of them came from Santa. They all came from my bank account. Yeah. So uh, that's it. I didn't want her to go to school. I didn't like want Gwen to go to school in like fifth grade and be like, Santa's coming. And everybody be like, Santa? And like start making fun of her, you know? Sure. I don't care. Uh, yeah, you are more of a let her, let, let her go through the shit kind of guy <laughs> yes, than I am. Yes. For me, it's like I'm trying to be like, hey, kid. You know, being cool is very important and you got to make sure you're cool and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's over. Christmas is over. It is a shitty time for a lot of people, for most of us, but you know, we made it right. This is the best part so? is we're like, we did it. It's, it's done. It's done. So yeah, I had a good one this year. Good. I had a good one. I got a lot of good presents. I did too. I got a mushroom kit. Yeah. And now all they got to do is send the spores. Yeah. That would be nice. What kind of mushrooms, huh? Psilocybin. And my my Takis, too. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. So (laughs) this is, for Christmas, I got Brett a mushroom grow kit and some spores for psilocybin. And uh, part of me almost was like, let's buy him some more else, too. Just, you know, let's get the boy. He can also have some. good cover. That would be great. Can you get spores from morels? Dude, you can get spores really? for any kind. They're I more expensive than the, the psilocybin ones. Though. They're good, though. Yeah, the psilocybin Fucking ones fried are like... with uh, ketchup, dude. Yeah, the psilocybins are only like eight bucks for like a syringe, but at some of those uh, gourmet Lion, ones are like 25 made? bucks. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like 25 bucks, man. Yeah, I'll take the fucking goofy ones instead. Yeah. No, I, I went looking through them because I, I was like, Brett would probably love to grow his own shiitakes. Yeah, I could get into that for sure. Which I tried to get into a whole bunch at one point. I tried to get into shiitake mushrooms because I was like, well, I'm going to try and go vegetarian. People say that the shiitake mushrooms basically a uh, steak. So yeah. I will get that. Then I grilled a shiitake mushroom and tried to eat it. And I was like, I hate this. Yeah. This is not a steak. <laughs> so, and, and you said you had some shout outs. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, just generally to Denver DSA, they do good work. Um, one, of, one of our uh, DSA comrades, uh, 
is running for Congress. Uh, her name is uh, Charlie Madison Winters. Uh, she's got you know plenty of good radical politics. So uh, support her, follow her on Twitter if uh, if you all want to. Um, and then I was going to ask you guys uh, if you've ever read a book called uh, Walk Away by Cory Doctorow. I have not. Sort of uh, fully automated luxury gay space communism sort of deal. No, you know, I know he's well respected in that community, but I and I read a lot of sci-fi myself, but I have honestly never read one of his books. Yeah, that's a good one. He's got a new one called Radicalized. That's a, a collection of short stories. That's a good one too. Nice. But yeah. I would I would check out Walk Away first. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm currently reading Chaos. All right. Peace. Which is about the Charles Manson murders. Fun. I mean, it's not, it is fun. It is actually like sort of an alternative history of the 60s. Yeah. It's not all Manson. You know what I mean? And it's really weird. Like, whew, a lot of motherfuckers in Hollywood knew who Charles Manson was. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was hanging out with, like, all the motherfuckers in Hollywood. Yeah, they're bad it's, people. Yeah. Well, the, like, the, the part of the book I'm reading is so interesting because they're talking about how it took them a month to find who did the murders, right? And like a lot of them think it took a month to find because so many people knew Charles Manson. They didn't want to embarrass a bunch of celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's fun. It's so funny. That old Los Angeles like tabloid thing is so fascinating to me because I yeah. mean, they were just like scum. And then they were also just working with the people too. Ah, oh, just terrible. People. Yeah. You know what I just thought about with the mushroom thing? Yeah. I went to a really obnoxious place that was kind of like the dinner we talked about, where it okay, was yeah. very expensive. Uh huh. And it was very annoying because when we get there, they don't have anything that isn't, they have no vegan options. They have one vegetarian option it's a mushroom toast. What is a fucking mushroom toast? Everything else is like beef stomach or a hog ass. Or like chicken face. It's just like everything else is just all the animal shit. Or they have sweets. They have like cinnamon rolls and root beer jelly on biscuits and all this bullshit. But it was really weird because everything was so expensive. It was $19 for this mushroom toast because it had all these fancy ass mushrooms on it. This is the place we met the Trillbillies at. I don't know how we ended up. You went to breakfast? Yeah. With them? yeah. Where, where did you eat with Skillet. Them? Oh, I like Skillet. I hated it. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, man. It was kind of annoying. The thing that annoyed me about it was that, like, it was so expensive. Yeah. And so the wait the waitress comes out and she's like, uh, what do you want? And we order three fucking, we order three pastries, which are basically just pieces of cake. I mean, they're just covered in syrup. It's all cake. And we order a mushroom toast and we order grits. And then she was like, all right, is that enough to get you started? Or do you want to get that get that out before you started? You're going to do entrees later? And it's like, no, I'm not going to do entrees. Like, I've already spent $50 on this oh, fucking breakfast. I'm so like, sorry. I'm, I hate, I'm not interested in, in like buying um, an alligator fucking ass for, you know, $18. I don't want to oh. like whatever the beef belly sausage shit. Like, yeah. I had it once and I really liked it, but. That, so fine. that's why I said it. The I food just, was good. It was just like, it was not very welcoming and it was just expensive and annoying. Brad, I'm actually reading. I, I found this site for you. I'll send you the link. 
how to make sixty thousand dollars a year growing gourmet mushrooms. That makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, you could go around and sell mushrooms to. Uh, I've already seen. I've already been to a few places where I'm like, wow, these things are a lot of money. Yeah, they They're are. They're worth a lot, a lot of money. They are. I mean, like it seems like a cool. I mean, w- w- like when I got it, you know, obviously the 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 psilocybin was the main That's number reason. one. But like I said, you want to get that? Isn't there a God's like dick or something mushroom? I don't know. I was going to buy you yellow teachers because I heard. I like that name uh, that you've never heard that. No, that's like people's favorite mushroom is yellow teachers. But I didn't (laughs) feel comfortable uh, buying you like anything other than the um, regular old psilocybin just because I just I didn't know Uh, golden teachers. Oh, they got a, a medium roast golden teacher's coffee called LSD blend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, this is all um, a comedy podcast that we do. It's like not nothing that happens at my house. Right. Yeah. No, this stuff isn't real at all. <laughs> all right. Let's see the it's next one. Off- we need to get an office. Yeah, I know. We need. We talk too much. We're like breaking the rules of the game. <laughs> Christ. Wow. Well, I guess we can't take any more calls. The calls yeah, are all gone, and man. the last three were pranks. That was fun. <laughs> Holy moly. Are they calling back? No, no, there's no, it's all, uh, it's all empty. Yeah, uh, that is, uh, I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's, I, it's, it doesn't it's, piss me I, off, but it is like, uh, I don't know. You try to, I like, I'm just trying to get into the mind of somebody who would. I was just doing it. I wanted to do, the, I wanted to do the show. I didn't want to just, I mean, I guess, you know, they succeeded in derailing, you know, what we were trying to do here. Yeah. I mean, I knew this day would come. You know what I'm saying? I like, it wasn't of- like, it wasn't like I never thought that we wouldn't get pranks and, and shit like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that, that wasn't that's like the something- biggest concern. Yeah. But you know, it's only because, you know, we had a good thing going and then we try to go public with it and this is what you get, right? I guess. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. It's like whatever, you know? I'm not going to let them win. Sure. You know? No, I mean, it's ultimately it's uh, I know what we're doing and then I know what they're doing, which is spending their time trying to to do this you know i mean it seems like, like such a like a low level target exactly i mean way. like we're spending our time working on a large-scale project that is advancing a lot of stuff and creating a large community they're trying to disrupt a podcast i know you know like it's just it's a it's a pathetic endeavor i mean it's just like what would my target I, i'm thinking about if i'm a young racist white man sitting around my house and I'm like, Oh, I really got to take something down. I I really got to go after somebody. I'm probably looking at, I don't know, like who's on the radio, Ed Schultz or something like that, or somebody that's doing something like a lot bigger than what we're doing. But, uh, I guess not. I guess I guess we've reached the big time and uh it makes people mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean it didn't do anything really. I it, that kind of stuff is 
at the end of the day, uh, we know it's out there. That's why we do the show. I mean, this is just proof positive of the shit that we need to fight against. You know, this is why you street fight because people like this need to have their nuts kicked in. Yeah. Right? But but sucks. they're but they're never going to do anything I besides know. just be online, and and they're good at being online. And something that I know that I'm doing is being in real life, like I'm traveling across the country and connecting people that are doing things that are way more relevant than some sort of online dickhead could ever do. Right. I hate to be the guy that's like, I hate to be the guy that's like, this is all like anonymous, but it's like, what do you, how the, I don't know, man, what kind of joy do you get out of like anonymous owns in a way? You know, I, I thought part of revenge or part of vengeance or, or whatever this is, or whatever it is that makes is letting people know that you did it. I mean, that's what makes me feel good is that when something comes out of my mouth, they know that it came out of my mouth and I'm standing up for my own shit. Right. I'm not some guy sitting at a computer playing like just using words that I would be scared to use and that's, if I left my house. Right. And that's when we went down to Pikeville, like the people with the Nazi tattoos, the racist ass motherfuckers, the cops were protecting them. There was about eight of them and there was 200 of us ready to beat the shit out of them. But the police were protecting them the entire time. I mean, there's just, there's these, it's a, uh, it's, we know it's a pathetic existence, but I mean, I'm just saying that, like, I know who I am the, and, the and internet. other people know who I am. And I am a person that puts my face next to what I say and like the satisfaction that I get out of doing what I do, however edgy it might be, like when we're not patriotic or, or, or any of that stuff, like however edgy that may be, I'm going to live or die by what I say and how I carry myself in the world. And like, I just can't imagine what kind of satisfaction you get being a person who anonymously calls in, doesn't use their own yeah. voice and is afraid to even engage in the conversation. Yeah. From what know? I know about existence, like when you're doing things that help other people and uplift other people, you definitely get something out of it. That's completely intangible. And when you're spending your time like doing racism, it's fucking killing you. Right. It doesn't right. fucking pan out. Ever. I mean, it, I it, would talk to this person if they didn't cowardly launch into a bit as soon as they get the phone answered. I wouldn't hang up. I would argue and fight with this person. I don't have a problem doing that. I just fucking. They come in anonymously with an already prepared bit. And they don't even engage. They can't even fucking engage. You know, it it it, it is. Uh, I've always wanted people that called in that disagreed with us and got mad at us. Fuck, that's why we do this on the fucking radio. But but, you know, that's not a conversation. That's just yeah. They're not trying spamming. to have a conversation. They they're not they're idiotic. Not, confident enough to have an actual real conversation they don't have the confidence of their beliefs they don't have the confidence in themselves they don't do their own thing they do they call into other people's stuff yeah, and they, they go into other people's chat rooms and their life is trying to tear people down yeah sounds great i mean i mean i'm trying to tear down people too but they're people with a lot more stuff like trying to tear me and brett down seems again 
like a pretty like low target to take down. Like, is it because you feel like you can stop us because we're smaller? But here's the fucking thing. Nobody's been able to stop us yet. We've been doing it for fucking nine years, you know? Yeah. So we will keep doing the call-in show. There is people. In the, do you want to do you want to take more calls or not? I didn't feel like I should give you the option. There's other people I've jumped in the chat. They do have their numbers. They do have their numbers listed, but just want to just squash it. Take one. <laughs> just take the first one. All right. Let's see if you can restore our faith in the call in tonight. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? How's it going? This is Andrew Hillary from Pittsburgh. Hey, what's up? How's it going? <clears throat> uh, it's going good. I, uh, I've been listening for a while. I never called in, but uh, I figured after that debacle was the last of the, <laughs> last of the queue. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know going- what? What? It got sour, and I read like the temperature of the chat and everything, but people were like really wanted to rally it. So then, for some reason, I felt like the people that called in were going to like you know really bring this thing around. Well, it's sweet of you to call in. I'm really happy. Uh, so what's yeah, going I didn't want on? The show to end on a note like that, you know? Oh, we were going to keep it going. We just weren't going to take calls. I think we were going to still go for another half hour. No, that would have been abysmal, though. But we would have talked other stuff. No, I wanted out. But it would have been wrong. Yeah, Yeah, it would have sucked. It wouldn't have been fun. So what's going on tonight? Uh, not much. I'm uh laid off for the winter. I do landscaping, so I've just been, you know, collecting the unemployment, fucking around. That is my best life. That is good. How long do you get the unemployment for? It usually goes just till the weather clears up. I'm over at Pittsburgh, so like you know, once it's springtime. To go back to work, but uh, you don't have to I shovel actually, snow. No, no, my There's, company doesn't do that for some reason. That's nice because the person that owns it doesn't want to shovel snow. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> um, but I actually I got a phone call yesterday from my uh, my branch manager that apparently uh, they're not going to bring me back next year. So I'm I guess fired. Also, what'd you do? Uh, I don't know why I said what'd you well, do. That makes it sound like you did something wrong. <laughs> but was were you like well, a pain in the ass? <laughs> <clears throat> That's a little bit of column A and column B. Um so my job it starts like super early in the morning. I'm not much of a morning person. Uh I do I do comedy like five nights a week, so waking up at five in the morning is like, you know, not not fun. No, I'm not good at it. I I could never uh, have done. So I could have never have done the stand up thing and a job. That that's admirable. Yeah. Um. So I was like between like five and fifteen minutes late, pretty much every day. <laughs> but I've worked there for. <laughs> but I've worked there for three years, and I've been doing that since I got the job, and like nobody's ever even given me so much as a warning about it. So I was like, you know, I guess this is fine. You know, it's not like they pay me when I'm not there, so they're not losing any money by me not being there. I mean, can I ask, um, like, was it sort of like, where, uh, so at most jobs, I've I've never been a landscaper because it seems like that's mm-hmm. one of those jobs that was like the hardest kind well, of Well, usually job. during training, you throw up on your first day and then whether you come back on the second day decides whether you can do landscaping or not. Yeah, it's a troops job. They're like <laughs> troops. It's troops level. Um, but, uh, you know what it is? I, uh, I worked in call centers for like 10 years 
And then uh, I got fired during the election because we were doing fundraising for uh, Hillary, and I got into a fight with some guy that was making fun of me for being a millennial on the phone. So <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys that story another time because it was pretty glorious. Um, but, yeah, so after I got out of that call center, uh, my buddy worked for this landscaping company and had me come in. And, like, dude, being outside after being behind a, in a cubicle for 10 years, it's just like, oh, I loved it so much. I lost a ton of weight. Like, I just felt so much better. Like, you know, you, you work a call center job. You go home and you're so miserable. Your head's spinning, but you're, like, wide awake. This is, like, the complete opposite. Like, dead tired. I really like it. Right. That's, a, I mean, the cable job, I remember, because I did the same thing you did, right? Like, I was working at a call center and I quit to do the cable job. And uh, I... I always chair. I love the fact that I was outside. Like I loved working outside. Some people are just built to work outside and some people aren't. And I'm like a person. that's just, I got to work outside. Yeah. Yeah. I love, it's, uh, uh, it's definitely nice. That, I mean, my ideal life, which I don't get to do because I'm subjected to several people's schedule, but like waking up at like five in the morning and doing a whole routine and stuff. By the end of the day, when you're like super fucking tired, just from exhaustion, like that's, that's my mm -hmm. goal. I think is just to be up so long that you can just naturally go to bed or, or to work yourself to the point where you're just like ready for, to sleep without like CBD capsules or anything. Right. Right. Oh, I forgot the second part. So that the fact that I was late almost every day is the reason that they gave me. But the reason that I'm pretty sure is the actual reason is because I made like $4 more an hour than most of the other people there. Yeah, that's the shittiest way to get fired. Because like for me, I I was like, uh, I know that I was a pain in the ass at work. And like I, if I ever got fired, it was always like, yeah, I probably deserve that. You know, I don't think anybody yep. deserves to like lose their livelihood and stuff. That's that's why I want like a safety net and all of those and all of that stuff. But like for me, it was like I would lose a job or get fired. And then when I left, I'm like, ah, they got a point there. They got they make a lot of good points about why I shouldn't have this job anymore. That's why I asked you how it happened, because it was just uh because it was like, well, there's, I mean, you know, you probably know there were some reasons that things didn't, that things didn't work out. But if you're making $4 an hour more than everybody else, that person went home uh, on the last day and they knew that they had to get rid of you and, and that they could yeah. just hire other people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's no shortage of people to go and push stuff around, but, uh. <sighs> It's yeah, so that's, hard that's what though. I'm thinking, is that, like they were looking at like the the spreadsheet and they're like, "Well, this guy's making more money. What can we get rid of him for?" You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for calling. Thanks for thanks for bringing the mood up on the show. I really appreciate yeah. it. And do you say uh Jake Flores is going to be on the next uh variety show? Yes, yeah, June, January. July, January 24th, Jake Flores District Sentinel Radio and Street Fight. Maybe, yeah. And I'm gonna. I might, try and, uh, I might make a bust out for that. I like Jake Flores a lot. Yeah, I have a surprise rapper for y'all too. Yeah, I'll and bring we have a in. surprise rapper. Yes. So it's gonna be a big one. It's gonna be fun. All right, cool. I'll, I'll call in uh, another time and tell you guys more getting fired stories. I got <laughs> right, uh, as many of them as I've had jobs. <laughs> Sweet.
<laughs> Have a good night. You want to call it? Uh, we could. I mean, it's early, but there's two calls to go. We started early. I think we beat back. I think we beat them. Take it. I don't think. Th- I don't think they have the stamina. Right. Go for it. They're not in it anymore. They they lost the fight. Ah, we'll see. <laughs> we got two more. Go for it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Please don't be a racist tonight. Hello. Is it skeleton? I would prefer skeleton over racist. Yeah, in the hierarchy of things, skeletons are better than racist. Yeah. Eh, well, that one's not there. That's you might not- have us on mute or you're queuing up the racist song you're going to play. <laughs> Last one. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, uh, it's Leon from the Facebook group. What's up, Leon? How are you tonight? What's going on, man? Thanks for calling. Hey. You you are the the street fighters came through in a pinch. Yeah, we needed <laughs> we needed positivity. We needed good vibes. We need we needed to get like reequate, you know, reoriented. You yeah, know? we were feeling well, real good. What, well, I don't know what happened. Like y'all went on break. I went upstairs to like do some stuff. Then I come down and like there's a ton of like calls saying all kinds of horrible stuff. <laughs> yeah, neither do we. I think somebody found us tonight, and uh, it's limited. It was I mean, Sunday. We've done three. Oh, it's totally a bunch of four channers or some shit. Yeah, yeah, we've done three hours of content for week after week after week. You can't beat us. You did sixty <laughs> seconds worth of disruption of three, three hundred, four hundred hours. You guys, I was, I was actually surprised that they that they haven't like tagged you yet, like. With just like an entire queue full of just dick. No, I'm flattered to be honest. Like I feel like we've made it. <laughs> I've always like it, it's weird because Brian sometimes will be like, like I'll I'll be like I just plan ahead. I think about problems that we could have in the future. And Brian was like, that sounds like general anxiety. It is. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I'm like, but I know some asshole could come in and do this. Like I can see this from my perspective. I've already backfilled it and I understand how you could disrupt what we're doing. We've been so open for so long and like, it's, it's just like, it's a testament to the, like the limited amount of like shitheads that are willing to disrupt what we're doing. You know, it's just like, it's nothing like it's a blip on the radar. They're so fucking weak. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know what it is too? I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I think they're, I think they're like scared. I think they're just straight up scared. Well, I mean, and, and this is this is honestly what, to be honest, like the show that we do on the internet is entertainment for people that listen on the internet and like the internet and love the internet. But like the live the live show that we did and the amount of people that we connect with that are doing real life organizing, that's the kind of stuff that like bulldozes the internet trolling. Like they might be oh, able, yeah. they no. might be able to put some racist shit on our show, but like the amount of people that are uh, disrupting the world is is not going to change based upon right, that. You right. Know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, you got it. You, 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 y'all know what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. Like, this was something I I expected on the first call-in show, so it's not super surprising. I think it was right. like I can't believe it didn't happen before now. Like the two- no, it's really. I mean, like, yeah, this is. It's kind of one of those things where when you you imagine like a, a home invader coming into your house and like how you're gonna beat them off and like save your family and stuff. Like y- you finally have this racist 
stupid bullshit in front of you and you're like I've been preparing for this moment for so long. Like, am I going to do the fight or flight thing? Like what, what's the appropriate thing to do here? You know, there's like nothing you can do. I mean, that was what they, they made it. So we didn't have any way to respond. I did my breathing exercises. I dropped the call. I didn't, I didn't fret at all. I had no panic or anything. I was ready to just do my job as the, the controller of the call as my switchboard (laughs) operator position. <laughs> you operated that shit like a boss. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like I was, I like I said in the past, I was always like, I'll fight with somebody over the phone. I don't mind sure. somebody calling and fight with me. I don't fucking care. But that 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 I mean, maybe that's like what's disappointing is because you think the negative calls and and you know you always expect negative calls. You think the negative calls are going to be people with maybe that are trying to get at you, you yeah. know, and talk to you and, and get you to right, say something. Right, but then you realize something. that it's just like a bunch of 14-year-old, like, kids that are just like, hey, I found this, like, let's let's troll these fucking libs because, yeah. you know, whatever, and, you yeah. know, they don't care. <laughs> For sure. Um, I got a, I got a story tonight, actually. Yeah, hit us with it. Uh, so like earlier you had talked about, like, I know you, I mean, I've listened for a couple of years and I know like you worked in a Abercrombie warehouse, Brett. Yes. Uh, and I actually think it's very, I think it's very similar to my warehouse. Uh, like I work for Kohl's. Uh, I don't care about name dropping cause I don't give a shit. Um, and, uh, so you talked earlier about like how like a bunch of the people there are probably are like a bunch of like right wingers and shit. Well, at ours, like we have, we have some of those guys, like some of the vets and stuff, but like, I love the fact that we have a ton of like just these bent over like old Spanish ladies who are like the greatest people in the world. (laughs) And uh, so I have a story about one of them. So like there's this, there's this wonderful woman who was working with me at, in my um, area there. And uh, I was wearing a hat that kind of looks like a Che Guevara hat if I wear it backwards. And uh, so at the end of the night, she looks at me and she's like, you know, you look like, you look like Che Guevara. Do you know who that is? I said, yeah, absolutely, you know, why not? And uh, uh, I was like, I got, I got a patch of it on my, my backpack. Check this out. And so, like, at the end of the night, you know, go to my locker, and I show her the patch, and she's got this big, excited face. Oh, look, he knows, he knows this guy. He's just so and so and so forth. And I feel that, like, deep down, like, at the end of the day, uh, there are a lot of, 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 of people who do know that they're kind of getting fucked over. They just obviously don't, like, know how to – talk about it or like um i guess organize or whatever and uh you know so it's it's always a little fun thing to like every now and then you know know that you have some kind of solidarity with people even if it's somebody that's like way out of your age grade or uh uh like like age age group and shit um but like because like i don't make it like i don't make it hidden that like i'm an anarchist at work like i have patches and shit and like i wear my like a cap shirt and shit to work and like nobody seems to give a fuck but like every now and then like i'll have somebody that i've been you know like hanging out with or like talking to that i'll come up and just be like you know i uh i kind of really hate this like fucking work shit we should really do something about this <laughs> i and think I'm like yeah well you kinda... <laughs> i think a part of that is like so it is the the phrase I'll say the phrase like a lot of people who work for a living, even me, when I was really, really working hard at my jobs, um, I, I had that phrase in my mind. This is pre politics and stuff. And it was just like life's a bitch and then you die. You know, and it's like oh, a really, yeah, yeah. it's a really hacky thing to say. No, Nas said it. It's not hacky. Oh, okay. Well, it's like a thing to say 
that people like, I, I understand it's like a very cliche thing to say, but it's like, I think, I think it's one of those things that people say when they, when they, when they feel shitty about themselves and their, or their life situation, they're like, well, this is life. What am I gonna do? Right. And I think, I, I think that like, that is a, a, a step over. That's where the pre that's like why radical radicalization doesn't necessarily happen with a lot of working people because they think that the default is that life should be hard in a way. Oh yeah. And that like, there's no possible way in the world to make it easier because politicians have told them that there's no possible way to make it easier. And people have told them all their lives that making it easier would mean that they were a failure if we made it easy. Oh yeah, it's that it's that it's that old classic like Puritan work ethic, and we've just we've just taken that shit and just ramped it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 really sad because you really want to like, I mean, like I, I know people are like, oh, we gotta we gotta get working class people on our side, but it's like we need to, I I. By giving them theory or whatever, I was like, and I sort of feel like we need to. We, we should have proof of concept for them is, is what I think. I think you're right on that. Cause like, I think the thing about, I think the thing that, that, that people like get uh, like turned off by is the theory. Like I get it. Like you, you go and read your Kropotkins and shit. It is really heady, especially cause it's written in like the 19th century. But like, I think if you can just like, uh, like, I think if you can just be like, hey, you know, how, you know, why do they have to make all the decisions? Why can't we just like say, hey, you know what? We know how to do this better than, you know, you dudes in the suits. So why don't we run this shit? You know, but like, uh, there's always that thing. I think people still have that, uh, 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 that, that thing that they just don't want to give up where it's like, oh, but you know, like who, what, what boss is going to tell me to go where and do what? And it's like, but you've been at the company for 15 years. You know exactly what the fuck you're doing. So why do you need some guy to tell you, like, to do your job that you've been doing for so long? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, like, people feel like they need a manager. I, f I was a person who felt like I needed a manager when I was working. Right. Like, I don't know why. I knew how to do the job. You know, I knew what I was doing, but I also kind of was like, well, you can't have a business without a manager. Never even considered a co-op. Never would have even right. understood the idea of a co-op when I was working at, at, at Insight or at any of those old jobs. And uh, it took so much to get me to this point that like, I just think it's like a Herculean task. I, I mean, it's like something... It is, again, proof of concept. That's one of the reasons, like, that's one of the reasons why I think about Bernie Sanders and I'm like, you know, getting him elected and getting universal health care is proof of concept to me. Oh, no doubt. And maybe yeah, it's, absolutely. I mean, maybe it's selling out or something like that, but it's like, I want to prove to people, we, I, you know, you want to prove to people that left-wing concepts can work and can make their lives better. And it's hard to do that if you're not actually doing it or able to do it, you know? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, again, is, is a lot of our programming. And we've talked, you know, I've heard you guys talk about it. I've heard many other leftist people talk about, like, deprogramming people and stuff. And that's very, very difficult to do, you know, against... Uh, how long have we been doing TV since like the, the fucking fifties? So seventy, eighty, almost eighty years of just like nonstop 
bullshit of just the constant propaganda and stuff. And I mean, yeah, it's been going on since before that, but like, it's really hard to break people of that kind of thinking. Uh, although, like, I feel like the best argument, especially if you, you take like Bernie Sanders, for example, and you talk about like Medicare for all, right? And I feel like the best argument for that is to be like, well, you know, like what you guys said earlier about like, you can just choose your job now because now you don't have to worry about fucking health insurance. You want to go be a fucking, you want to sell skateboards, do it. You know, it's like, it's a cool thing now. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. <laughs> it just has to happen. You know, like it's the thing where like, they're not going to believe that until they see it. You know, no, no. Like I, I totally understand like hesitance to, to sign on to a lot of this stuff by, by normal people or, or maybe people who who don't think about politics at all. Uh, I get the hesitance because it's depressing. Can be. Uh, oh, yeah. We get beat a lot, you know, which sucks. Yep. yep. But there's also like an entire system against us to prevent us from succeeding. And like, uh, it's really, I don't know how to do it. I am like the worst person to ask this, but it's like, <laughs> You know, we're not going to turn McDonald's into a co-op, but if no, we, and I don't think we should, if I mean, we did, I, which sounds weird, but yeah, <laughs> but if we did show a group of people how a co-op works and then have them run their own co-op, that is going to turn them permanently on to like our side, right? Like, and, and it's, sure. it really is about concrete making people's life better it's like uh with with universal health care would be that step it's like well this happened and the sky didn't fall and now i have universe now i have health care and i don't have to think about it anymore and then but i mean like in history that's i mean you, i mean like, you think about it in the terms of like they, they they said the same shit about like social security and the same shit about the fucking five-day work week and the same shit about weekends and the thing you know an eight-hour work day like it was like there's that meme that's always shared of like all the people for throughout the ages that are all the capitalists that are talking about like how all these uh, uh, legislative reforms is going to ruin business and guess what it hasn't ruined business and like <laughs> and then and, 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 you know they've done like all kinds of like the economic studies and shit that talk about like the increase in productivity when you have you know when you have like uh, uh, like more frequent breaks or you know uh, you know better pay and, and and of course insurance and all that shit so. I think it's just a matter of like, uh, yeah, you're right. I, 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 uh, uh, like, like proving it to people. But I think, again, like, it's really hard to snap people out of that. Like, oh, I'm gonna turn on the mainstream news, and I, I don't, yeah, and I don't. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think it's. A, I'm rambling. <laughs> I guess to me, it's like you have to uh, sneak it in. I don't think you're gonna get a majority of Americans to identify as anarchist or communist. I, d I just truly no, no, don't no. see but that. But it is way more, it's way more favorable though. I mean, like, oh, I, no I think Actually, I, I, talking I, about earlier, yeah, er, the earlier call that we had about like, uh, you know, being in a, in a more conservative environment, like um, you can establish yourself as the most radical person in the room and as long as you can temper like your your levels like you can kind of to kind of push people you can be on the edge you don't have to go extreme every single time but like like you you can express things in that way you know right that's what that's what i'm oh, saying oh yeah no doubt like i mean my thought like, was I'm not, that like, we're I'm not going to we're not going to turn they will not identify as it but we could make the concrete changes to make a system exist 
that does work better for everybody. And they will maybe even fight it. There will be people that will fight it sometimes. You just put it out there. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not establishment anything, but I'm just looking out for the most people. Like I'm worried about my uncles. I'm worried about my nieces, my nephews. I'm worried about my, my fucking, you know, people that I call my kin that I'm not related to by blood, you know, like I'm worried about everybody. And uh, that's where that's what I'm motivated by. I, I think saying that out loud is like just you can't come back against that, you know, like we're just going to have to be open hearted people uh, in a way that like uh, is undeniable, you know, that, that like we're yeah, just, no, you know, it's like, sure, you know, I, I respect I do respect your point of view. I, I understand that you've studied a lot of memes when it comes to like your point of view. I really respect that. And I can see why you would think that way. Um, and you're allowed to have that. But what I'm going to do is say out loud that I want everybody to be taken care of. And I want you to see if you think you're better than me. Yeah. I want you to think if you think no, you're better. I, I want you to think you're better than me when I start giving college to everybody or when I start saying that, like, <laughs> everybody should have a, ch- uh, you know, everybody should have, you know, the, the security, you know, like that, that there shouldn't be this stuff, you know, it's like they, they can't, they can't, they really can't live up to the scrutiny. And I feel like if you can break that down to somebody like a conservative or even like a MAGA chud or something like that, but like do it in a way like, cause like, first off, I mean, it's, it's very difficult, especially if they're going to like be throwing all kinds of, uh, like, like bullshit at you, like actual, like wrong information and shit. And then now you have to spend like almost the entire time trying, trying to like decode that information. Yeah. And then by that, by that point, everyone's fucking eyes are glassed over and no one wants to hear the argument anyway. I- but I also feel like if you can couch your argument in like, like, I know it's, it, it might sound weird, but, like, you can't, like, let it get heated, and you can't let it, like, you can't find yourself, uh, like, swearing up a storm and being a general dick. You just kind of, like, you really have to be mindful and just take a, like you said, Brett, just, like, take a breather and just be like, okay, I'm going to counter that by saying X, Y, Z. And, and then, yeah, if you Where come I'm across fun. as, like, the more, yeah, if you come across as, A, having more fun, and B, being the person that can, like, articulate your ideas without sounding like a raving madman. I feel like most people who would be in that room that are not in the uh, conversation would look on you more favorably. Right. And I've said I, I, I what I said earlier, the eh, like that. It's better. Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to use that shit, dude. <laughs> I, 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 I use that in a way also to be like, so you're in a conversation or like communism has killed what's the amount of people? 12 million people yeah, or some crazy million. shit. Yeah, whatever and, it is. And <laughs> if they... If somebody brings that up and they say that, I go, eh. And then either they're <laughs> going to understand that I don't believe that and right. move on to the next point, or they're going to ask why I don't believe that. And then I can say, well, here's why I don't believe that. And I can say, like, uh, I, you know, generally what I come back with is, like, every person that starves to death dies from capitalism and every person that is locked up in a cage is locked up in a cage for capitalism. And like, I, you know, I tend to like explain it. I mean, it's very hard to get people to understand that America is not wonderful because to most of us, I I mean, I say most of it to, to most of us, it is fairly comfortable, you know, like I am a very comfortable person. And and oh, like I'm, I'm I have, the same way. Yep. I have always been a very comfortable person. Like always, my, my whole, whole life, life, I've, I've never, never had to sleep outside. 
I've never had to skip a meal. I've never had any of that stuff. So like the only difference between me and that person is that like, I understand that other people have different conditions in their lives and other people have not been as lucky as I have. And I want to improve my way of fixing it is to improve life for them. And if your way can be whatever your way is, but I'm probably going to come off better than you in the end, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that concept of like, so, uh, uh, like, uh, what is it? The, um, it's, it's, uh, it's easy. It's just, it's, it's the same thing with like the trolling tonight. It's easy to do racism online. It's easy to do it not in front of a group of people. It's easy to do cold hearted libertarianism where it's like, well, if you don't have enough money to get your cancer fixed, you probably didn't have enough investments in you. So you weren't worthy (laughs) of being alive. There was no reason for the market to keep the market. Yeah. Like you weren't, you weren't in any sort of circumstances that you would be important (laughs) to the rest of us. It, it, it yeah, like, but then like those same it, you can but writing that out you can definitely write that out like if you want to do the cold-hearted shit and like really write it out but to to sit in the parlor in front of a group of people and say that in front of everybody is disgusting and oh and, yeah no and nobody usually tolerates it at all no and like i feel yeah and 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 uh uh i, I lost my point i'm sorry go ahead man <laughs> but yeah it, it is just like i think sometimes we get in this mode where we want the conversation to go the way that we have played it in our minds over and over again, where we say the magic word and then the person becomes a leftist. But the truth is that it's well, a it, it's a series of sloppy conversations. And you need to be and you need to be as sleazy as they are. You need like you need to be in the way where it's like, I just think everybody should be happy. And it's like, oh, that's not fair. And it's like, well, that's what I believe. Yeah. That's what I believe. And it's like, that's not fucking fair, man. Because I'm trying to come up with rules where some people aren't happy. But because they're not happy, they eventually decide to be happy because they're not getting enough money to be happy. And it's like, no, no, I'm skirting that whole thing. Yeah, I, I was skipping all those yeah, steps right? and just it, going to happy. The, I mean, it is. It, and, you know, to be honest, it has happened with, like, the Bernie Sanders campaign where they think it's unfair that the guy is likable or that like he's he's like says things that are agreeable it's like you can't just like say things that people believe like that's not what you can do like, <laughs> that's not that's how a, you write that's a unfair that's dirty that's like oh, yeah, they, that's dirty tactics yeah all them establishment heads think that that shit's like like you that it's untouchable you can't talk that kind of thing because that's what that's where we're at unheard of yeah. that's, that's where we're Trump at did. well it's all that old cold war propaganda bullshit you know? but Let's even people my like, like even people my age i'm i feel like i'm butting up against some that are like we need to pick a race horse that can win a race and then you you like as somebody that's trying to make like a cultural movement happen with this show you understand how much like me and Nick were talking about this, how much like it feels it's cynical and it's scary and it's weird to play where this th- play with this thing where like I'm trying to be truthful to people and I'm trying to be honest. And I'm trying to to do that. But it also is like monetizing what I'm doing and I'm not trying to sell people on what I'm doing here, but I'm trying to be as honest as I possibly can. And like that is like a hack to everything that unlocks the the world like that 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 gets cuts through all the bullshit and uh, all the all the advertising dollars and all the skewing like 
people are there are still a group of people that think that it has to be a planned out marketing campaign to like to get the the folks well, to get the people on your side. Trump won because right. he didn't talk like a debate guy. Yeah. One, he didn't follow any of the rules of oh, the debate. No oh and, my god. And that's how he won. Uh no, I he, he tapped into something that was that was definitely that that I mean it was definitely something that had been under you know undergirding for ever but like he I feel he really tapped into something you know obviously that 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 put him over the top but like at the same time just to just to buttress your point like so you know you talk about them libertarians that that want to you know say all this shit and about theory and stuff but then like when a flood or a fire or a tornado like takes out their fucking house and then a bunch of like mutual aid anarchists come through and are like I don't give a fuck what your tendency is here here's some water here's some food here's some blankets then it's like at the end of the day they're like oh well that was actually kind of cool like maybe maybe this is a cool like I think I feel like you have to like prove the shit to them yeah. even if it means like for them catastrophic fucking failure. <laughs> right. Well, I think also like uh it is interesting. I want to I want to back up your point Brett where you were saying sure. that like they were saying it's unfair how Bernie runs. Uh I'll be covering this in a couple weeks on on the Shocktober that's coming out, but when Hillary Clinton was on Howard Stern, she was saying like you know, what really hurt me was that I would make an announcement for a really great policy that was not a great policy. You know, it, no. it would be like some policy yeah, announcement yeah. that was like means tested and numbers and shit like that. And then she was like, and then he would come out and he would say free college for everyone. Like, yay, free chocolate yeah. milk. So yay. She, she was like, like, every American <laughs> will get a punch card that they can earn towards a business credit and that they can trade in for a franchise of their choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, she, but and she he was, was just like, it. everybody should get to go have access to college and learn how to do business. And right. Like, no, you can't say that right well what is she saying like, in the end like in, in when we're talking about everybody should get health care everybody should get free college the reason they don't like it that we say that or that bernie sanders says that or that like socialists and communists and anarchists believe that everybody should have the same sort of treatment the reason they don't like that is because their thing hinges on the fact that only some people get no, to no, have the no, stuff. No, I mean, it would literally sure. mean they would have less seafood towers. Like, yeah. they would go to, like, less... The, there were the less seafood towers and, like, fondue shit at their party. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be sliding the money towards the rest of us. Yeah. Right, and that's, well, like, it absurd. Mean, it, would, it would just mean that the rest of us could go to their fucking golf course. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that is true. I mean, that's all... I, I, I really think, and I've said this before, you know... The Trump voter oftentimes is like a small business owner, right? Like a, a yeah. maybe you're a guy that owns a landscaping business. You got that that three thing, that three percenter thing on your truck and a Punisher yeah. skull and a Blue Eyes <laughs> Matter flag. Maybe you're this guy, right? And uh, you feel like you get to drive the expensive truck and live in the expensive house in the suburbs and have your groceries delivered and have a soda stream and whatever a fucking all your shit is, you know, you feel a, a brew your own craft brew and you, you get to fuck a new gun every night. Yeah. Whiskey aged oh, in like dude. a <laughs> whiskey aged in a teeny tiny barrel that they yeah. keep where it's like $200 whiskey. But anyway, Napoleon piston. Yeah. But you think, <laughs> you think that, if if other people got to have that, 
then you wouldn't yeah. get to have all the stuff. But the truth is, you don't fucking have anything. Yeah. None of that is things. Like, I don't give a oh, yeah. fucking shit if you have a whatever it is that you have. If you have a so, fucking pickleball court in your backyard. <laughs> Someone that pays $50 a month on a, uh, a hot tub on their deck. <laughs> For five years. Yeah. They throw $7,000 down the hole for a $200 bathtub on their deck. Right. Well, we, we had a old joke a long time ago about like a lot of conservatives think that if communism happens, then they're going to have to let everybody in the neighborhood use their air tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe well, but once it hurt you know yeah you don't need them right now yeah you're not fucking using oh, yeah, right? never used them you've never used them actually cool library for yeah. real how many guys do you think get the air tools for christmas and never touch them? they don't yeah, have the right? guts they don't have the guts to do it they don't like, have anything to do they don't have them what are they doing what are, what are they i'll bet you they've used them to change their tires yeah in their garage. Well, no, not even. You know what they're doing? They're using them for nail guns to shoot at fucking cans in their backyard. Yeah. Like, you, like, that's what they're doing. It's also, I mean, I tell you what. Which if, is pretty cool, but yeah, whatever. When the wife comes through on a Harbor Freight Father's Day special and gets you a fucking generator or something, right? Like, that's a big gift. <laughs> it is. It's a it big is. accomplishment in your life. And you know what? We're going to let no, you, you have you that. Gotta, like we're not gonna make them take that away from you. <laughs> so basically, what we're gonna say is that under the new utopia, every Father's Day you'll check in and decide whether you need a new generator or uh, <laughs> air pump. <laughs> or you could be cool and and cool and progressive, like you know my partner and I, and we're just going you know halves on a fucking wood lathe for each other for Christmas. So there's that. Smart. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, right? it, it is really like I don't. I don't feel like my success is predicated on other people doing poorly. Sure. You know, like I want everybody oh, no. up here. I want every, like I've said this before. I think the base level lifestyle that everybody should have is mine. You know what I mean? For sure. Which is. Yeah, I can do that. I, can I do don't, that. Absolutely. I don't make a ton of money. I don't work that much. And yeah. uh, I'm comfortable. And I, I would love everybody to be like this. this I feel like they the could life. cool out. They could kill cool out if they they were like on this vibe. Yeah, Any, me, it should be like if if we're gonna have work in our society, it should be like mandatory twenty five hours and no more. Yeah, like done. Yeah, like be done with it. Well, that wouldn't you know, be fair because like, then I'd have to work. Uh, I'd be working more than everybody because I probably put in more than twenty five hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, but you know, at the same time, you know, you just kind of chill more in the basement or whatever. That's cool, <laughs> right? And, I mean, you know, I, I just think like that. My my lifestyle should be a base level. It shouldn't be like an extraordinary thing. And and like I don't like uh, I make thirty six thousand dollars a year, but you know what? I'm very happy, and I not being worn down by the system anymore. And uh you have food you have food, you got housing, you got the the transportation. Earbuds. Earbuds on earbuds. Demand. I have some fucking really sweet cargo pants i'd love for everybody to get to see but yeah I, yeah, I do have to say, I mean even for me, like <laughs> like trying to be elite level stuff, there's just the amount of money, like once you get there, it's like uh, it's we don't need that much stuff. I'd rather borrow a lot of this stuff. Me too. You know, I'd rather there's there's like you don't have to acquire. You don't have to have more than one fucking house. You don't have to have like a summer home. You don't need to have any of this shit. 
and people beyond oh, yeah. like people beyond like just keep going and going and going and when you think about the upper crust and the elites and how they're living like 40 fucking thousand people's lives at one time mm -hmm. like they're they're using the amount of resources that like all of us could just relax for a few minutes each day you yeah. know i guess before we go i i, like I want to recommend that i did a third show if you're a patreon subscriber you can find it i did a third show with jack allison where he sort of talked about right. when he wrote for kimmel he was making an amount of money that people would love like a successful amount of money. And he said that like the reason he was willing to leave is because he started to notice that like the people that he was working with were like trying to keep up with each other yeah. in these purchases. So there were like these steps that you had to take. And if you went to a party, you felt out of place if you hadn't taken these steps and climbed yeah. up this ladder. Like I have these, I have these jeans. I have this workout routine. I have this car. I, I have to this. buy. I had to, you know, I have to buy a house. I have to buy a car. I have to, uh, I, you know, there, I gotta have this. I gotta have that. And he said that like, it seemed so empty because it was like a bunch of stuff that he didn't personally want. So like, and he was doing a job he didn't want to do. Them. Yeah, it's you like know? people tell you, like, this is an accomplishment. And it's like, is it? Like, I, I don't feel satisfied <laughs> don't feel by it. Ever. Yeah, I mean, I did it just because you needed me to do that for money. Yeah. Right? Like, I only did that because you said, because that's how I get money. That's yeah. why I'm here. Or even, like, the big purchases when you get so excited and you're like, I can finally buy the thing, you know, that I always dreamed of having. Whatever that may be. Like, I haven't gotten it yet. It's a boat. But like, it, I, I want <laughs> two things. I want pinball machine for my house and a uh, action figure of myself. Okay, yeah, I've always wanted an action figure. I might figure be able to myself. help you out with one of them. I don't know yet, though. <laughs> those are two good ones. I I think like my thing. Uh, it's not I, every really time a I boat. get a tax return, I always was like, I'm gonna get a pinball machine or I'm gonna get a custom action figure made of myself. And I've never, I've always had like past due bills or like. Yeah. you know shit that was going to collect too much interest i mean basically basically my dream <laughs> now we're telling our dreams right it's dream it's fucking dream this book right now white white Are trash we on this? Right. yeah yeah this my white trash dream <laughs> it's like in order if i was rich right and i don't know how rich i would have to be to do this my actual true for real thing is a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> in downtown columbus and a two-bedroom apartment in uh, West Hollywood, Los Angeles. Wow! That I could go back and forth to and spend as that is like. I think that that is a modest. What I think that that is a modest rich guy goal, right? Like, sure. I want to be rich two enough. Homes. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, just two <laughs> bed, not homes. Two two bedroom apartments. <laughs> right, right. Two two renting situations. Garden apartments. Not two houses. Not two houses. Just I want to pay for two nice Beds. places, and then like I'll just fly back and forth every. Like okay. you know what I mean? Like I spend a month there, a month here, a month there, a month all here. Right. And yeah, like I was gonna say when we did the variety <laughs> show, you were talking about all the houses you wanted, and I was just like. Later, I was thinking about, I was like, I want to cut your head off if you want two houses. Well, I just, I want to like, here's the fucking thing, man. I have such roots here, you know, and yeah, I, I really, really love this city. And like, I love everybody here and all my favorite people are here. 
And, uh, but, uh, I truly also love Los Angeles and, uh, I want to be there. Like, I love it there. Mm. I just think it's the greatest place in the world. And, uh, it, it is exactly who I am as a person, that city. Yeah. feels like when I'm there, it's warm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can walk (laughs) a lot and they have a lot of good restaurants and a lot of cool stuff. Vegan food, tight clothes. Yeah. Tight clothes. People are people dress a little more outrageously there and interesting like, yeah. than Ohio. Yeah, they go for it. Yeah, they're more. It's more interesting. Uh, good, good. They have like a burger and a donut place on almost every corner, which true. are coincidentally two true. of my favorite foods. Yeah, so. yeah, it's true. No, you're right. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. You you really brought the mood up on the show, and I, I really appreciate it. Great, thank you guys. Thanks. All right, Brett, we did it. That's Tree Fight Radio. Thanks for listening to what we do. Hopefully you didn't hear any bad words while you listen. We don't do a bad word show, right? We don't try to do bad words on this show. We do cusses and stuff, but we try to we try not to use the N word, which is the word yeah. that they were using. We're gonna have, have Jake cut some stuff out. Yeah, I mean so yeah, I mean it's like I, I you know, you the, the thing about it is I think as a white guy, you wanna say it's not a big deal, but you have to understand that there's a lot of people that like have come under like extreme circumstances because of that kind of stuff. I know? agree. I want it in the show. I, I, like, I want it out. I, I like I think that like I can brush it off as far as the show's concerned, but it is hard to like uh navigate when it comes to saying like the seriousness of that kind of stuff, you know, like it sucks that that's what they go to and it is, but because it is such a prevalent thing, like that's, that's why we do the show is because we are a part of the type of jokey white guys that think you can do a bunch of racism to make jokes. Like that's an easy way to make funnies in like the way that we came up, you know? Yeah. Like we're creating a space outside of that, but it is, it's a real thing. Like they're in, they are joking, but at the same time, like, fucking really having an effect on what goes on you know and fuck them and they suck don't forget get your tickets this week you're gonna have a link up this week yes you we will have a link up for the variety show january 24th with the district sentinel radio boys and jake flores um on the 25th of january we will be in harrisburg pennsylvania at uh harrisburg der manor core or some shit like that we'll get you the information for that up on the site and uh who knows what other dates we'll be announcing soon uh the continuation of teen fight is start is gonna happen the we're recording the next episode on monday the 6th so we'll get that out to you by the 7th and uh i am recording one more one episode of shocktober It'll air, and then what'll happen after that is American Podcasts, a deep dive into Kid Rock. With we have Chris Wade, Matt Chrisman, Tom Sexton, and uh, Kitty Striker. So it's it's a fun show, and I I hope everybody enjoys it. And then you know if you want to hear some like what's happening in the future with the mini series that I'm doing, there will be March Madness. We'll be talking about sports talk. I'm doing something called Holy Boys with Tom Sexton, where we talk about eight different mega preachers. I am doing uh, a Doors uh, deep dive with Brace Belden. And uh, of course, Shocktober 2 will be coming next year. So please subscribe to that 
Patreon level. I'm working really hard on it. And I think you'll really like what we're doing. Thanks for listening to Street Fighter Radio. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace. Excuse me, friend. Do you ever get mad online about politics? No, not really. So your Twitter handle isn't at DabbingCastro911 and you didn't just post drink piss to at Joe Biden? Uh, okay, you caught me. Well, good news, friend. You are not alone and you should get your news from two guys who are just as mad online as you. Really? Who? Where? District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left, airing Monday through Friday, hosted in Washington, D.C. by the two Sams, Sam Knight and Sam Sachs. All you have to do is subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Wow, thank you. Keep posting and stay mad, my friend.